I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and produced by Nicholas Lott. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? First time was like uh, my third time getting drunk. And it was in Dubai. I was in the military. And we were there, and I didn't really understand how drinking alcohol was. <laughs> so we got there, and we only had like three hours to like spend before we had to get back to the ship. <coughs> and um, yeah, like... I was just like, yeah, y'all got absinthe? Oh, fuck yeah. You know, I've seen Euro trip. Let me get this absinthe. So they're like, oh, you got to do this special way. So they put in this glass and they start swirling it and, and they're like lighting it on fire. And then they're like, all right, get your straw. And then we're going to pour it into this martini glass with seven up. So I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, dudes, let's do it. Let's do it. So, you know, they, they start pouring it in. They're like, all right, start drinking it, start drinking it. And then they put their, the, after they, that's still on fire. And then they put the glass on the table and then they put the sh- they say all right you're done drinking the shot or whatever put your straw in there and inhale the fumes so we're like all right cool and i'm like yeah that's cool let's, so let's do seven more in like 30 minutes that and like a couple of jaeger bombs because that was the only thing i knew and then like a couple more shots i'm I, I i did the math it was like 12 shots like an hour i did the math and the uh it equaled alcohol poisoning in the end dude it was so stupid yeah and we so then we had to get back to the ship and in dubai they drive like 400 fucking miles an hour up to everyone the taxis everything and so i'm just like i remember hanging out blacked out outside the taxi just throwing up green down the side of his taxi and i'm like and with that sorry you guys we are live america (laughs) america welcome to the show Green vomit on the side <laughs> of a, a limousine? Is that what it was? Yeah, no. Green the, vomit, the taxi, too. Just a taxi. Dude, okay. taxi. Was it like a like a classic yellow taxi? So like bright green vomit? I think it was on a, white. Okay. Yeah. Even better. Yeah, yeah. I um Man, and so then that's the first time and the only time that I've ever been carried like anywhere from being drunk. And then I got on the Navy ship, you know, and then my buddy who was also drunk, he saw me throwing up. So he, I was like, and there's, there's pictures of it on Facebook, too. And there's like a... He puts a bag down for me. Well, he's drunk and I'm passed out. Well, he accidentally puts the bag over my face and I'm <laughs> and I start like like inhaling this bag and I can't do anything about it. And somebody walked by and they're like, Holy fuck, dude. And they took the bag off and go <gasps> And they're like, dude, you almost killed him. And I was like, you know, I'm I, I can't I'm not coherent. I didn't really know what's going on, but they told me the next morning, Man, that's, and I specifically that's, remember that part. That yeah. story is so good, it makes me want to do a shot of that, <laughs> the, that scotch right there. You want to get to the le- that level tonight? Because we can nah. do that. <laughs> Man, I don't I don't think that I would. I yeah. think that I would have one drink, feel the tiniest bit different, and be like, nope, I'm good. Let's yeah, not, you think let's you'd back off? Anymore. Oh, dude, I'm such a sissy with that sort of a thing. Yeah. Not at all. Fair enough. I mean, there's only one way to really find out, but would you? it Kimble, doesn't have to be tonight. Kimball, welcome to the show, by the way. Yeah, 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 would you say that that's the most drunk you've ever been? Um. Yes, that is the most. Yeah. So th- I don't know when uh, we started recording or broadcasting. You said it was, it was, it was pretty much right at the the vomit on the taxi. Okay, so I was like, yeah, I'm hitting the button. You said that was your third time being. That drunk? was the third time I've ever drank alcohol. Uh, I didn't drink alcohol um, until I got into the Marines, and then they forced you. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I, I didn't do it for a long time. And then finally, they're like, yeah, you either drink this or just get the shit beat out of you. And I was like, yeah, I'm tired of getting the shit beat out of me. I'll just 
drink this Captain Morgan's and chase it with a Red Bull. I was about to ask you if you still drink. Um, I do. I As I like to have. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like to have like the occasional bourbon or like wine. Um, and then once a year, I don't know when it's gonna happen. I just like fuck yeah, I'm getting drunk tonight, and then I'll just. I mean, I may be the house by myself. And I just get hammered, and then my wife comes home. And is like, what? What do you turn into when you're drunk? Uh, I don't get angry. I'm not an angry guy. If anything, I'm just like, like if it's even possible, more improved, better of myself. Like, you know, more improved version of myself. So, <laughs> you like the? You was it Homer Simpson that got drunk and played piano better? Or maybe I'm thinking of a Family Guy episode. I don't remember. Could be Peter yeah, it's not ringing, ringing any well, bells. I watch more court cartoons than you guys, so. Fair enough. Well, so you're going to get drunk tonight. That's good No, news. no, no. I, I just, mean, you I said the best like version that. of yourself, right? <laughs> I know more improved version of myself. If that, I don't even know if that's even possible. I'm just so great. Man, so. if skydiving had a heel, you know, like you ever watch wrestling and there's a heel, the bad guy who just you love to hate. Yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, skydiving's heel is Kimball. 100%. Yeah, oh, for man. sure, yeah. Read the description of the show. Is it somewhere on Facebook or something? I'm sure it is. It's going to take me a second yeah, to find f- it. Yeah, figure though. that out. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, some of you know him as Kimball. Some of you know him as Anthony Kimball. Uh, really, uh, A, I want you on the show because I just like people who talk shit and tell stories, and it's yeah. a lot of fun. Our, our most favorite shows are this way. And B, you have a lot of really cool wingsuit information and thought processes to share. Um, two things that I think keep you and I very similar is our selfishness and our idiocy. Our selfishness is we both want to improve and create a better community around us so we have more cool people to skydive with. Um, that was why I always did what I did is I wanted more cool friends. You've talked about it. We've talked about it with wingsuiting. You just want more cool wingsuiters so you have people to shred with because who can keep up with your level? Right. I'm just getting tired of flying down to people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing is the idiocy, the kind of dumbass <laughs> comments you make. I absolutely appreciate, man. For sure. So uh, I, I, I do have that description if you want me to go read it. Go for it. Okay. You guys ready? Anthony Kimball is known to most around the DC, DZ simply as Kimball. He would tell you otherwise. In Kimball's <laughs> own mind, he is Thor, King Kong, and whatever that thing from, from <laughs> Aliens was all wrapped into God's gift to our sport. <laughs> Kimball is a driven wingsuiter who is driven to push the wingsuit community and discipline to the next level. Join us as we delve into the mind of a delusional lunatic. <laughs> but seriously, this knuckle dragger has some great thoughts to share. That's a pretty apt description. Yeah. yeah, I felt pretty good about it. I enjoyed writing that. I didn't know yeah, how to That's write really it. good. That's pretty good. Thank you. Yeah, that's, yeah. Thank you. I, I was feeling it. You made me feel my flow. Nice. Good. Where Sure. You've been spending a lot of time being creative behind that keyboard, haven't you? Um, yes. It shows. Yeah, yeah. No, creative, thoughtful. Um, yeah. Dude, I hate that desk. <laughs> Not really, but uh, yeah. Uh, Kimball. Actually, he's one of the reasons I hate my desk. Um, one of the things that you and I, and really, I don't know why you never came across to be on the show to me. I don't know why I never thought of you. I never know why it never hit my brain. Couldn't afford me. Couldn't afford you. Yeah. It really, it isn't, man. We did, we bribed you with, I'm not sure what, <laughs> absent, 12, 12 shots. <laughs> of no, no. Uh, you started, you came to me recently and was like, yo, dude, I want to create a leading wingsuit kind of thing, things for wingsuit organizers for people to to follow, to learn from, and to give them some guidance. It's a lot of us as coaches and leaders in the sport have to figure it out as we go along, and we're not given great guidance because it's just not always been there. So you and I got together, had lunch, shot the shit, looked at what you want to do, and I'd say, what, we had three-hour lunch together? Yeah, something like that. And yeah. about 20 <clears throat> minutes of super productive time and about two hours and 40 minutes of laughing my ass off. <laughs> so... um. What, man, Nick, go ahead. 
<laughs> no, I, you know, I, I, this is. I didn't realize that you had this heel personality. If I'm being honest, because you've always just been super friendly and professional with me. <laughs> really? So I'm, I'm, I'm really, really? liking this. I'm, I did a good job. Then you mean you've never been even in the packing <laughs> yeah. room during a wingsuit event? Because this you dude is like I'd... shouting across the entire. I don't, thing. I don't hang out in the packing room. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. If you, man, if you were, you would know. <laughs> you would hear Kimball. Yeah. No, that's good, dude. <laughs> you've you've hidden it from me, and it sounds like everybody enjoys dude, it. Now I'm getting the good surprise. It's yeah. great, man. If I can share just one thing like yeah, one of the yeah. first impressions that uh, that you made on me uh, in the packing room no less was there was like some record going on and they were in the fishbowl <laughs> which for like those who don't know the fishbowl is like a room in the middle of our packing room so it's kind of like this this private area and uh, these guys the organizers of like some vertical record are in there making cuts and you're in there like doing all the dirty work for him like some dude gets called to the office you open up the door from the fishbowl walk out and you said like pretty much verbatim you're gonna get cut. Take it like a fucking man. You're, like, you don't need, you're not even on these jumps, man. I don't you're even just know him. People. I yeah. didn't even know him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, this dude's cool. I can like at least watch what he does. <laughs> yeah. Have you been cut for many records yourself? No. <laughs> 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 no, of course not. <laughs> no way. You, you only do the cutting. That's yeah, good. Yeah, that's right, it's man. Perfect. They just call the cutter. In Wait, here. so did like I gotta know now because now we're on the yeah. topic. Like, did they approach you and be like, hey, we need somebody to to do some cuts? Or you're like, hey. <laughs> I'm here. I'm bored. Let me cut some fucking people. From I this think record. I like was looking for somebody. I know which one you're talking about. I was like, like Curtis Matthew. Curtis, I think it was like at like Brian. a head up record. Yeah. I don't know if it was a night thing. I don't, I don't know those remember. fucking nerds. I just know they were in there. <laughs> yeah. And I walked. I was looking for somebody. I was like, oh, what are y'all doing? And they're like, oh yeah, blah, blah blah. And they're like, I heard them talking about like cuts. Like, oh, you need cut somebody? I'll fucking cut them. <laughs> you mean cut them? I'll fucking cut them. Cut them. Cut them in here. What's their name? Come, hey, Constantine. You're fucking cut, brother. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. Thanks for playing. Get it. Yeah, dude, you're just having so much fun yeah, with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, nobody likes bad news, right? So. Yeah, but you delivered it. And like, <laughs> dude, I was too busy watching you to see the reactions of the people, but I didn't even care. I was like, well, if I was about to get cut, like that's how I wanted it to right, happen. Right, exactly. To me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like laugh it off. You know? But you yeah, know, so, sometimes giving bad news like that can be really difficult. So at least yeah. you only made sure it was hard on one person. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can be the scapegoat. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, I think I am like the wingsuit communities guy like like oh that guy sucks you're like oh yeah it's kimball so <laughs> sucks in what way like sucks like you're an asshole or sucks yeah like yeah yeah like people love to hate wingsuiters especially God, like, so true in texas um so if i can be the guy that takes it you know the pressure off everybody else then sure i can be that guy you know Speaking of wingsuiters, the next thing when you talk about making fun of wingsuiters, I want to say oh. landing off is the first obvious yeah. glaring thing that, that comes into my mind. Oh, yeah. You've done an exceptionally good job of landing on and having your groups land on. Yep, 99 Tell the rest great. of the world how to do it. Uh, <coughs> yeah, you just go on enough jumps with Purple Mike and uh, <laughs> just get tired of fucking walking back. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, like, I just, I never understood how people fucking land off. Like, we are a fucking airplane just make sure your airplane gets back to where it's supposed to, you know? Oh. So, um, it takes, sometimes it's like, oh, there's a super sick cloud. You want to go fly next to, if we're in Mexico, cause we can't do it here in you know, the United States. But <laughs> if, if, if that's the case, you just have to be like, no, nah, I got to go land on man. Like landing on is way more important. And I don't think people, um, understand how much pressure we have, um, here in the Gulf coast to, uh, like how, volatile it is from space land just being like yeah you're done wingsuiting like wingsuits don't happen here anymore so if i can be that person that's like no we have to like land on and, and take that one factor away 
then I'll, I'll make sure we have a jump that's planned that direction. So, um, yeah, I have a 99% rate. Only two people have land off. Matthew Smith, when he first got here, because he had a cutaway and I landed with him. Um, and then another uh, female jumper. Oh, I mean, you know, you can't help it's ethnicity. So. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt will get it. Yeah. <laughs> At least I hope. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> then we had another female jumper, and she didn't land on, and it was... He's sexist and racist. Uh, yeah, I mean... There'd have been a kitchen on the drop zone. I'm sure she'd have found it just fine. But, <laughs> but no, she, uh, she landed off. And I mean, I guess that's kind of my fault, like everybody else did. But I've only had two people land off. So I'm that's not too man, bad. definitely rubbing everybody's face. I've been in Spaceland uh, as long as you've been around. And I have seen the very volatile uh, wingsuit community. As a matter of fact, we had little to none. And when the wingsuit community first showed up, uh, it was a very difficult community. They didn't want to cooperate. They landed off. They did everything completely asinine, including buzzing tandems, which A, is a violation of certain rules, but B, just too close for comfort. You don't know what we're dealing with. Get some space and don't buzz anybody who doesn't expect it, period. Yeah. But this is their way of life, and uh, you very quickly change people's taste for wingsuiters. We get that just because wingsuiters are assholes doesn't mean that they're unsafe. Right. Um, yeah. You're the perfect example. Yeah, of that. cool. I <laughs> mean, that's what I strive to be. So. No, uh, Stephen Boyd has thought a lot of you. I, I, I remember watching you and him talk early on in your skydiving career around the drop zone and what you could do to help represent your community better and, and not just how to do it yourself, but how to lead others. So you've done a good job, man. I, I think the uh, charismatic bullshit is just fun. Nice. It's yeah, like, I mean, of course. Yeah. yeah. You're not trying to take heat off everybody else. You're just having a good time. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So you've been around before the movement sheets, the tracking sheets mm -hmm. existed, and, and yeah. now that they've been in place for quite a long time. How did you feel when that, that uh, started coming up? Um, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad it started coming up. Um, I think, I don't know, I think we're supposed to use one, like as wingsuiters. Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I know you do every time. I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I just give it to the pilot and, um, you know, that's what we do. But I, I, I think it's good because it makes people think about, um, it makes people think about what they're about to be doing and how, like, where they're going to be affecting other people opening their parachute, right? I think it's very important. Um, I think over time it can be just, you know, kind of a nuisance because, I'm not saying you're greater than that, but it's like, fuck, man, I don't, I don't want to sit there, write this on this piece of paper. I'll just draw a line. The pilot doesn't give a shit. He's just like, oh, yeah, cool. And then it's just something for like accountability. So you can be like, hey, you said you're going to be right here, but you weren't. It's like, yeah, you're right. You know, it really is accountability on both sides. It is. Of yeah. the, the pilot makes a, the plan. Mm -hmm. It makes a plan that's down on the board that shows, you know, based on what the forecast is, this is the plan. This is where the airplane's supposed to be. And I think one uh, point that's really great about having those sheets and having the sheet given to the pilot on that load is he now knows that someone else has made a plan around his plan. Yep. So now he's got to stick to the plan. Yep. And this is especially important. We have movement groups out at the beginning of the airplane and then other movement groups out at the end of the airplane that that jump run is indeed what they said it was going to be. Yeah. So I like that it keeps uh, the jumpers accountable, that it makes sure that, you know, they're doing the planning that hopefully <laughs> helps them land on and yeah. hopefully helps them uh, stay away from, from anyone, uh, anyone else and make sure that the pilot uh, knows that he's got to live up to, to his end. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I don't disagree with it. It's just sometimes it's kind of like, Oh, it's I'm, a little bit annoying. Yeah. 
Oh, it's totally a pain in the butt. Rules are there because people don't choose to think. Well, yeah. And that's the thing you said. So I think Nick's been involved with the <coughs> movement implementation through, I think, the majority, if not all of it. Can we call it the movement movement? The movement movement. No, it was in place before before I okay. was in this role. And I was uh, part of the team that, that built it. And straight up, the biggest question we asked ourselves over and over again is what you said. Is this going to help them think better? Is this going to help motivate them? Uh, as Spaceland goes, none of us wanted to implement any type of, of movement thing in general. It was it was no interest at all as much as it was a necessity to force people to start thinking about what they're doing. Because if you go out, if you think about your plan, go out and communicate your plan with others, then there's no need to have any policies, procedures. Right. I mean, just like laws, yeah. it's made to the yeah. lowest common denominator. So Yeah. And really the policy, I think most Spaceland policies and <coughs> procedures, the movement sheet is just a good example for my brain. It's there to help guide the newer people in the beginning. It's not what it's there for, but it's what how it works. Our newer jumpers use certain things for guidance and direction and then very quickly becomes habit and mindset. So we're not really instilling a rule. We're instilling a mindset. We're instilling an attitude um, or reinforcing, because I think in your case it would be reinforcing an attitude. It's, it's your desire. Yeah. Uh, something Kimball and I have talked about in his leadership, uh, his wingsuiting uh, organizing and, and leadership thing is one of the first slides one of the first statements is is your goal your job your mission as a leader is to make sure everybody lands safely on the drop zone um as a little bit more eloquently put than that (coughs) yeah it was like um something along the lines like um the goal for any organizer should be that everybody lands on the drop zone without interfering with any other canopy traffic or plane traffic so like not only do we want (laughs) to land on the drop zone but we don't want to fly into students or tandems um so it was something along those lines yeah well, that's all very respectable yeah because in a normal week you can see uh some other people in those wingsuits do a yeah. do a not perfect job of, of yeah all i don't things. i don't doubt it i mean and you know the people that i coach and work with like i will tell them hey look our goal is to land right here and if we have this special jump planned and this is the the distance that we can you know do this special jump at and after this here's our contingency plan like this is what we're going to do um for like you know dynamic jumps for example based off the winds i don't do anything 1.5 past any of the drop zones um, or the drop zone 1.5 past just uh, i can i can make it not as steep if it's going to be steep um and but 1.5 definitely kind of restricts our movement so i I have to flatten out what we were going to plan on doing so a lot of my coaching um, just teaches people how to, you know, be better. But, um, <laughs> but also, like, I instill in them, like, hey, look, we have to land on the drop zone. Like, this is more important to me than what we're trying to accomplish here. So, um, like, Mike, you know, he's super good about landing on the drop zone. And Scott, and you, are you making a face? Is he not? I, I was expecting you to start talking shit, oh, if I'm being honest. Oh, Mike Mangum. Yeah, let me okay, differentiate. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. No, like I think Purple Mike's, you know, he's good. He serves a purpose, but um, he's. I think he's gotten better. I just don't jump with him anymore. So, the question I had uh, in my mind before you started mentioning names is, I noticed that a lot of uh, wingsuiters land really close to the same time as the tandems. Yeah. In a way, that it was like, man, didn't you see? Didn't you know this was going to happen? Like, didn't you? Like, it's almost like it's happening with that. They had no plan. They had no plan to hold in brakes. They had no plan <coughs> to yield. They had no plan to move over. Yeah. So when when you're uh, thinking about those tandems on the load, what what's going through your mind? Um, so on any load that I ever get on that other people are going to be with me, first off, I try not to um, get on the same load with tandems. So, 
you know, we try to shoot for the otter. So what? We have a little bit longer to get up, but I mean, whatever. It's better because, I mean, the airspeed and the otter is better and then there's no tandems on there too. Um, but if we do have to get on a load with tandems, I say, hey, look, y'all see three tandems or two tandems or whatever. And, um, you know, usually before the end of the day, or if I'm leading the jump before the jumps, I'll look at the winds for the day and I'll look how they're changing throughout the day. And I'll kind of have an idea where the tandems are going to be holding. So um, with that in mind, I will kind of steer the jump away from the tandems. And then when we break off, if we're on comms, um, I'll say, hey, look, we have two tandems to our right. You see those guys? All right, you know, go to, go away from them. Um, sometimes, depending on the type of jumps that we're doing, if it's dynamic or something like that, we kind of end up in the same air traffic as the tandems when we're all landing. It's a little bit harder to get down because we don't have as much glide on our wingsuit canopies as, as the tandems do. And and if we hold in brakes, we're, I mean, we're just killing our glide. And then um, uh, also we're highly loaded. So we're still going to get down kind of around the same time as the tandem. So my, my goal is to just make sure people are aware of the tandems and then they're responsible from after I leave them on how they're going to get down. And sometimes it's like, yeah, you don't get to do that sick 90 on your, you know, wingsuit canopy, but, um, you might just have to hold on brakes or just wait or go land off. So, and let's be honest, those 90s are sick. Dude, they're sick, man. I don't know if you've seen the ones I do, but <laughs> dragon toe slaying hose, brother. <laughs> Oh you do them at God. the pond too, right? Is that yeah. a <laughs> I do. Dude, the comments are blowing up, and one of them is from from Ryan Leeper. He says, "Ask Kimball about the time he showed us how to swoop the pond," oh which God. I've seen multiple. So you're gonna have to pick that one. That sounds time. like a story. Uh, there's two times. Dude, there are plenty of comments over here, so we can get into that. I don't know. Uh, all right, so but is dragon toes and slaying hose slaying hose? That's got to be a shirt by now. Oh, it's a sticker. I made. I've handed out to a few people. Oh um, well, yeah. If you have one, I, can. I so here, the thing about those stickers. This is the best part about it. Like it's kind of poetic, and some people just probably won't get it. But I made these really <laughs> shitty stickers <laughs> of that saying "dragon toes slaying hose," and it's me in my wingsuit with my mustache on a pond dragging the water mm -hmm. but the best part about it is they're so shitty so like most people <laughs> who got one as soon as they exited the plane it ripped off their fucking helmet and it's not there anymore <laughs> dude it's so funny you mentioned the quality because that's besides the logo yeah. and the phrase that is the second thing that i noticed yeah. about the stickers i'm like dude they're not good yeah they're not good at all <laughs> that's like that's like that's what just made the sticker for me yeah when, yeah. Come to think of it, like I, I've seen, I saw a, a handful on helmets. Yeah, I don't see any on those helmets anymore. They're fucking yeah. gone, man. They're yeah, super. I've never gone. seen them. Yeah, uh, I still have one on my helmet. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's the one that I see yeah, every so often. Yeah, maybe. Or I know, um, I think Cody Swinson has. I think I saw one on his helmet the other day. It's still on there, but like if it is, it's just in pieces, right? It's a shamble. So such is my life. But <laughs> well, speaking of shambles, let's hear yeah. that pond story. Ah, uh, well, there's two, but I think the one Ryan's talking about is. Uh, I just became a dealer with Squirrel, <coughs> and um, I was trying out their canopy. Um, <laughs> trying out what is it? Dude, I've got so much food. I got three bags of food over here. Yeah, Alex, that's a lot. Do you want to switch for like an hour and I'll eat? Man, maybe. Dude, I mean, I don't switch, have that no, much. Go food. Switch me Are spot. you for real? <laughs> no, no switch me spot. Yeah, fuck it. Let's I'm go gonna eat like a little fat girl. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so, fun story. All right, story. <laughs> so yeah, I just came with a dealer with Squirrel. And they had one of their demo canopies in town. I was like, hey, man, you mind if I just have this for this Labor Day boogie? And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll return it to you after just so in case people want to jump it, I can talk about it. I can have ex some experience with it so I can answer questions like intelligently and not just feed them a line of bullshit. And they're like, yeah, sure, absolutely. And like these squirrel guys, I mean, 
they know me because who doesn't fucking know me? But they didn't really know me, you know. So, <laughs> so not yet. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they had this demo canopy, <laughs> and um, dude, everyone's like, "Hey, fucking Kim, we'll go to the pond." I'm like, "Yeah, if anyone tells me go to the pond, I'm going to the fucking pond, man." Like, you know, doesn't I know, matter bitch. the conditions, dude. Doesn't matter. I don't give a shit. Now I have some conditions, like anything okay. more than a five knot headwind. I don't go to the pond. Fair enough. That's respectable. Because it will plane me out, <laughs> and I will smash in. I've learned two for two on that. On that. Um, so, so two chows. I've only smashed in once, actually. The other one that he's probably talking about was when Richo was in town like years ago for like the huge XRW event, and mm. I planed out stupid high at like 25 feet and then <laughs> just had to like yeah, hook it. Rough. Yeah, it was. Or you're still doing big turns on those, right? Like you're you're doing a, a 270 you, or something. You can. And um, I just do 90s on them. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm a self-taught swooper, dude. <laughs> like I have, I just, I literally, I'm like, all right, cool. Surge it, which is something you probably <laughs> shouldn't do, honestly yeah. speaking, but I surge it and then I fucking hook it and I'm like, fuck <laughs> yes, and it, oh shit, that's low. Yeah, and then, oh, like, fucking stab yeah, like, out. Sick drag. Okay, cool. You know, that's what I do. Step two, Splash. <laughs> no, I mean, dude, there's pictures and video no, of me I've dragging the fucking pond. I've dude, I would love to see those. I'm sure I've seen them already. Yeah, so like your mentality going into this, like it's not technical at all. It's no. just like, man, I'm gonna I'm just gonna do what I fucking want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and so I learned work. it on a base canopy first. Because okay, like, yeah. oh, I mean, I'll just use a base canopy. I mean, they're big parachutes, they'll recover real real fast. So yeah. I learned it at the bridge. And then I just like, all right, well, this is a little smaller than a base can, you know, I can, I can yeah. figure it out. And then I, I actually started figuring out the year that uh, Dicko and Glenn, Glenno were here on the package. Nice. 2017, And I then think, Dick, yeah. yeah, Dicko was like, hey, man, fuck it, go to the pond. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> He's like, seriously? I was like, hey, go, because I don't know. All right, so I don't even know how to set up. <laughs> I just tell people, so I say, hey, go stand where you want me to land, because I will... Cause then I'll know how to set up. Right. Mm -hmm. But if it was me going out there by myself, trying to figure out what to do, well, no, but and dude, I love it because I've seen a lot of cool stuff happen at that pond. Yeah. Um, especially like it's, you know, classic end of a weekend. It's Sunday night, sunset load. Everybody's out there watching and like, man, people get excited when like, a, a swooper on a high performance canopy hits the gates, drags water, whatever. Yeah. But dude, I it's a different level of excitement when wingsuiters go over there. <laughs> yeah. Like people are losing their fucking minds. Yeah. Love it. Oh, oh dude, for sure. It, it's just so much fun I to mean, watch. That's exactly what happened. They're like, hey, Kimball's going to the pond. Yeah. So I had my groupies out there and I was like, just stand where you want me to land. Well, these motherfuckers stood like downwind, right? Sorry. So I didn't know any yeah. difference, right? <laughs> just like, sure, I'm sending it. Yeah. So yeah, dude, I fucking sent it hard and <laughs> I trusted rears and you know what you're not supposed to do. Trusted those rears. If I would have just like popped my toggles, I'd have been out of it for sure. But yeah. I was like, dude, fuck no. End of the day, sunset. I'm the organizer. <laughs> give the crowd what they want. You gotta give the people what they want. Dude, right? you have to. Dude, I filled that wingsuit up so much with water. <laughs> and for people that don't know that wingsuits don't drain water. They're really, yeah. really good at um, holding water. And then I'm at the edge and like just like slipping on the mud. And um, then I have this squirrel demo canopy um, just soaked. <laughs> so then I had to like wash it out with fresh water. And like the worst part was like, hey, Mike, you know, Mike from a squirrel. I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, Mike, I'm so sorry. Like... <laughs> And people were like, man, just don't tell him. He's not going to find I was like, dude, no, I can't do that. Like, let me wash this. Let me dry it. I'll tell you. I was like, Mike, I will pay. I will pay for whatever you, you know, if this, I need to buy this canopy, I'll, I'll pay for it. Like, just mm -hmm. let me work out a payment plan because I'm <laughs> broke. So, yeah. 
Mike's like, <laughs> Mike's like, yeah, dude, rookie move for sure. <laughs> Not cool. You shouldn't have had a demo canopy anywhere near water. And I was like, man, that was like a stab to the heart because I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't. So that's probably the story Ryan wants me to tell. When you were explaining it to, to Mike from Squirrel, was there a part of you that wanted to stretch the truth? Like, yeah, there was some water, but it was a big puddle. It was a rainy day. <laughs> or did you just go straight to like, nah, man, I took it to the pond? Well, no, I, I took it to the pond. Well, like, yeah, but yeah. were you going to like mislead him at all? No, no. I mean, so the one thing I made the decision after 2010 um, not to lie to people. Nice. Um, and I've told one lie, and it's actually one of the most painful lies, and I'm still dealing with it right now. Uh, that's biting, it's biting me in the ass for my future career. But, um, yeah, no, I just want to be truthful with people. And, okay. like, that is, like... That's awesome. Um, I mean, to me, like, you only have one thing in life, and it's, like, your word. Yeah. And if I... Even if I'm, like, talking to you, and you hear something, you kind of know something's not true, well, now you're always going to question what I'm going to say mm-hmm. to you and to other people. So, like, my word is my bond. So if I'm telling you this happened, this actually happened. And so I okay. didn't want to like mislead him and be like, yeah, dude, you know, just kind of a little wet, which it didn't get fucking submerged. My wingsuit got submerged, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I can't be just got a little, I mean, it got a little wet, but I still told him when I was like, yeah, dude, I'm sorry, man. I'll, I'll pay for this. Yeah. And there's two things in skydiving that are impossible to keep. One of them is a secret. Yeah. And the other is your girlfriend. So <laughs> I mean, good luck keeping either one of those. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, how's Katie? <laughs> She's doing all right. Does now. she need me to do my handstands right now? <laughs> Dude, you should. I, I, I don't know if she's watching. I can text her. Yeah, real no, quick. she has to be here. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of my. What deal. am I missing? Every time I see Katie <laughs> and Low, doesn't matter what I'm doing. Like if I just walk in, she's white. I'll I'll empty my pockets and do a handstand. And <laughs> he's like a peacock. But like that's he's, he's really group. dramatic about it yeah. too. Like yeah. shocker, right? But like across <laughs> the packing room. Door swings open, a wallet's on the floor, and you know Kimball's coming, yeah. and he's doing a fucking <laughs> handstand. Yeah, and you know what's amazing is like I surprised myself with how good I do it because that's the only time I do them. <laughs> yeah. is, and and with there, right there, yeah, yeah. Like I again, I remember seeing you do this stuff and like how excited you got when you did a good one. And, like, <laughs> yeah, it was so genuine. <laughs> You're like, yeah. fuck, that was a good, that was yeah. a really yeah. good one. I did a handstand. Like, yeah. Half the time you have the mustache too. So it's oh just, it's man, perfect, I miss man. the mustache. Yeah, where, where is, is it? it? Did you, yeah. where, you, why did you get? Ah, uh, dude, work made me shave it. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you do some mask thing? Uh, no. So, uh, my direct um, the the captain that I I, I worked you know at the station um, we got this new chief and he said that uh the chief wanted them all you know within regulations because I mean technically it's kind of without out of regulations, but it doesn't affect okay. the safety of it. Like I've tested, I've done mass tests with it and it's been fine. And it depends where you're at in the city and the shift and the, and the personnel, like a lot of people I've seen some, you know, you know, nice mustaches, one that you'd want to sit on. And, um, <laughs> yeah, like <coughs> that one, the one I had was super nice, but he's like, Oh yeah, we got this new chief and you need to shave it. It's like, dude, just cause you can't grow one, man. Like doesn't mean you need to make me shave mine, but I understand his point. So, I shaved it, mm-hmm. but that that does seem like a very classic, especially at like a firefighter. Yeah, thing. I just I picture a nice, yeah. big, burly, yeah, man yeah, yeah, mustache. yeah. I had the nice handlebars, and I wouldn't wax it when I go into work because I don't want to throw it in your face. Like, hey, I'm breaking the rules, you know. But <laughs> yeah. like, I would wax it outside of work, and yeah, man, it was it was really nice. 
nice for sure. Yeah, I would certainly feel better. Like if I was having a bad day and some firefighter guys were showing up. Yeah, I'd trust the one with a mustache Absolutely. more than anybody else for yeah. sure. But the, yeah, kids do the same thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just flock to it, <laughs> yeah. especially when I'm with my van. Yeah, I'm like hey, hey kids, you want some candy? <laughs> that's like that's the uh, peak of coolness. That's yeah. the pinnacle right there. For like sure. fire truck mustache, you got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, this guy's gonna save the fucking day. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Do you actually drive a van? No, I wish. Oh, two two of us in here do. Yeah. yeah. Well, I have a Subaru, so it's almost like a van. Good luck kidnapping those kids. Yeah. No. I've seen Alex do it. He's good at it. I mean, with Super a Subaru, good. you could kidnap they just a hop right in or a... Oh, lesbians yeah. for sure. They always come up and they're like, hey, you going to the you know, Montrose? Like, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> you want to like ride bikes later yeah. or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I call them a lesbaru. Yeah. <laughs> did it come with a bike rack or did, is that like a, a separate thing? Yeah, it's separate, I guess. Uh, I don't know right. how to ride bikes. So. Yeah, but you have a Subaru, so you at least need to put a bike rack on the back of it yeah. to like fit in. You know, I thought about it, but man, it's just... Too much work. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Staying busy. With, Riding with a bike's too much work or putting a bike rack in? Both. It? Both. Okay. Yeah. It's very exhausting. Yeah, I could imagine. Man, uh, we we did a little like critical mass thing in Houston, like riding bikes through the city. And honestly, the hardest part was like getting bikes in and out of the car, man. It was yeah. terrible. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I can absolutely see the appeal of uh, of those bike racks. Yeah, they're cool. I mean, I definitely, if I if I rode bikes, I'd, I'd have one for sure. And I'd yeah. like to ride bikes, but man, just the city of Houston sucks. And then you have to like drive outside the city to go ride bikes. And it's just, yeah. it's, I don't have time. Yeah, most definitely. You seem to be keeping pretty busy. Dude. You're, you're doing the pilot thing too, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, well, right now it's kind of on hold, but uh, last year and the year before, I was kind of full time um, in school doing 15 hours. I'm getting my bachelor's in aviation science and getting all my stuff for uh, to be a pilot. And um, yeah, between work, school, um, wife, and I just had a baby. So it was just, I was never out here. <laughs> skydiving at least yeah yeah most definitely have you found more of a normal schedule i feel like i still haven't seen you on the drops in a whole lot besides uh, like you know here or there yeah or? so um i've actually was only at the drop zone eight times last year um yeah. but surprisingly the first time in since 2011 was the last year was the only year i've done more than 100 jumps in a year really <laughs> yeah that's sick how, how long have you been in the sport since 2010 2011 yeah. okay yeah, 2011, I got my A license in Elsinore. Okay, very nice. Just yeah. chugging along. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, I got out of the military, and then uh, I did, like, maybe seven or eight jumps, like, for four years. And then, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> uh, then I was able to get more jumps in. And then, uh, yeah, I just... I usually make about, it's a running joke in the wings, like the Texas wingsuit community. Like they're like, oh yeah, you got to jump with Kimball on one of his 60 jumps of the year, you know? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I usually do about 60 or 70 jumps a year. And then... Um, and the last year was the first year that I got over a hundred in any of my years of skydiving, so it was a pretty big accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna try to try to top that or at least hit triple uh, digits again this year? How's it looking? No, I probably I don't know, man. Um, I really enjoy being home with my wife and my daughter. Like yeah. that's a lot of fun. Um, I didn't think it was gonna be as much fun as it is, and yeah. so it's kind of it's kind of hard because it's. The only, only the weekends is like whenever there's events or like time to go the good weather skydiving, but then only the weekends is when I really get to like hang out and do family stuff. So it's uh you know you have to, it's a balance. And then um, now I'm I'm only in, I'm only taking one class now. Um, so but last like you know the last two years I would I'd be like I work 24 hours. I'd get off at 6:30 in the morning. I'd go home, get my daughter ready for school. Claire would go to work, and then you know I'd feed her breakfast, hang out with her for an hour, take her, drop her off, drive down to the airport, 
I'd fly five hours that day and then come back home at 6 p.m., help my wife with our daughter, um, feed her dinner, put her to bed by 7.30. I get to hang out with my wife like till 8.30, 9 o'clock. She went to bed. And then from 9 to like midnight, I would be doing schoolwork. And then I'd go to sleep, wake up at 5, go to work 24 hours. And then that was my life for like two years. So it was Damn, really, yeah, really tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a lot to do, man. Yeah. I, I hear all these stories about kids, and I love my friends who have great kids and great relationships, but my God, what a commitment. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> I didn't like commitment. her. I didn't like her the first two months. <laughs> Did you want to yeah. punch her? Was Dude, I understood how people shook babies. Like, I, <laughs> man, um, I, I get it. I, I get how people want to shake their fucking kid. Man. I've never like, owned one and I want to shake them yeah. regularly. Dude. Like I'm not yeah. being silly. Like I yeah. really like the times I'll go to a restaurant, just grab your kid and just shake it. Like yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? Dude, man, yeah. it was rough. The first two weeks are definitely the hardest. And then mm-hmm. after that, um, you know, I stayed I took, you know, paternity leave and, and helped my wife out and we the first two months were hard and then after the two months I went back to work and then um I was the first time I was away from her for, you know, twenty four hours and I came back home and then she smiled at me and I'm like, all right, cool. And then after that I've been I'm a sucker. Yeah. So like now I really look forward. So I get to spend mornings with her um, because Claire will go off to work if I'm at home doing school or something. Um, I'll get to spend mornings with her. We'll wake up. We have our morning routine and then like around like 930 to 11. If I'm not in school, I'll take her in by 11 to like daycare and then I'll go and do like chores and, you know, house husband stuff. And then, um, but now I'm in school. So now I take her in by, you know, like nine. So I do schoolwork now. Um, Nothing wrong with being a cat man. Household's no, a good role. No, man. <laughs> Not a bad life. No, it's skate, man. Eat a bitch of ass and, you know, <laughs> go ahead and cook some dinner and then boom. Yeah. That's it. That's, yeah. that's the lifestyle that's the right lifestyle. there. It start yeah. with eat a bunch of ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make yourself uh, worthy somehow. You yeah, know, you dude. Tongue punching fart asset. boxes yeah. for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. They're like, why do you, this guy makes less than 40000 a year. Why are you with him? She's like, <laughs> Eats ass. And he occasionally has. <laughs> yeah. He occasionally has a pretty yeah. strong mustache as yeah. well. Man, you say that like girls are into that anymore. Man, it's, it's costing me opportunities. Let's just say yeah. that. <laughs> not a lot of not a lot of munching butts where you're. <laughs> I, I, I almost, feel like this is the first time we've had this conversation on the podcast. I'm uh, happy about it. It might be. I'm glad. Well, that I pop that cherry. The first time. Yeah. And that's a. The butt snorkeler thing. Like, you oh, have one of those yeah, I do have that. Too. That's, yeah. that's what that made me just think of. Yeah. You know, that was me who gave you that sticker. Yeah. Do you remember how it happened? Because you were you're organizing for like, like some event or something, and you being you, you were like super loud about <laughs> something you were stoked about. Yeah. You saw a butt snorkeler sticker on a locker, I think, which I put it on yeah, locker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my old locker. You're like, that's fucking rad. Dude, who has rad. one of those? And yeah. I was like, I was on the packing floor at the time. I was like, oh, I'm going to get him. Yeah. So you left and like did whatever you were doing outside of the packing room, and I just slipped it into like, we're right where your uh, reserve like tuck tab tucks yeah in yeah there. And i was like that's yours now nice thanks man yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure dude and i love where i don't know if you've seen where i put it on my helmet like uh, fuck i can't so it's like that. i have a g3 and it's like on the visor part right here mm-hmm. and you have to like really look at it to <laughs> to see yeah. what it is you might just see like oh it's a sticker but like if you're on the plane and you're like trying to like kill time i've seen people be like does that say butts? Normally? Like, yeah, it <laughs> yeah. does. Yeah, that's kind of how people see it. Thanks like, for they, noticing. Yeah, they're kind of taken aback by it, and it happens on the plane a lot too. Because you know, some people bring their phones or whatever, but a lot of times we're all just sitting there, like, with nothing to do for 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, you, like your eyes wander a little bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, still trying to do some wingsuit jumps this year. Yeah. So I have a few events. Um, <clears throat> uh, 
Um, so I'm, you know, with L and B, we're doing uh, the XRW camps uh, this year. So we have a few of those. No dates set in stone yet. Um, one of the major things I just went to Paris, California. Um, so earlier last I, for the few years, um, Constantine had actually put planted an idea in my head. And he's like, dude, you should do a big, large nightway um, wingsuit jump. And I'm like, oh yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know if I could, you know, have that, you know talent to plan that or have anybody come and do it. And he's like, Oh yeah, maybe one day. I was like, ah, sure. So then last year I went to a 50, Oh dude, I got a funny story to tell you about the y'all are going to love this. So I know Steven Megason's just waiting to hear the story. So I went to a squirrel. I got invited to a squirrel 50, 50 event. Um, first one of its kind, it's 50% women, 50% men. It was basically 11 men, 11 women. We're going to fill an otter and, um, you know, we're going to just do some rad jumps. I had no fucking business being there, like at all. Just because, like people like Katie Hansen, Roberta Mancina, like Scotty Bob, Will no. Kiddo, Matt Gertie, like these legends. And like I was like, well, how the fuck did I get invited, <laughs> man? Like, dude, how did I get? Don't they know I just swooped their fucking canopy into a pond? <laughs> you know, do they forget? <laughs> but dude, I got into the, anyway. So I'm talking about legends, legends of females, legends of males. So we get nobody knows me, right? surprise which is really weird new but nobody knew me but we get in this this office for the first jumps of the day and then val sobel who organized this event she's like hey yeah we want to um bring everyone together so that uh we can do some really rad jumps and if you hadn't noticed it's called 50 50 because there's 11 you know 11 men and 11 women so 50 percent men 50 percent women and nobody knew me it's dead silent and i go well, at least I'll be, I know I'm better than 50% of the people in here. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, dude, it was so fucking quiet after I was like laughing. I was the only one laughing. Like, <laughs> dude, it was so quiet. You could hear a woman making a sandwich in the corner, dude. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and it's like me, it's, it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> that he like scoots back for me. It's, yeah, he's it's like, like a metal chair. And then I'm like laughing. Dude, best. It's like, I don't know this fucking guy. I don't know how he got in here. Dude, it set the tone for the Man, whole and That's day. so yeah. funny to me now, knowing how often or how little you jump, rather, because I know I don't see you that often, but I would have guessed at least a couple hundred a year. Nah, so it's so yeah. cool that you're still doing this shit with like, yeah, yeah. not a whole lot of jumps comparing to, to other organizers and stuff. Uh, you're like still getting out there well, and I appreciate like doing it. everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. In, in their defense, they didn't know how bad I sucked because, <laughs> man, did I make an ass of myself at that event. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't jump for six months prior to that. I just got a brand new Freak 4, and that was the first time I jumped into that event. Really? So Damn. I was trying to learn a new suit and do like new types of jumps that I'd never done before. Mm. Um, I learned an extreme amount, and then um, I went out to Kapowson, and I talked to them about my idea of doing this night large wingsuit dynamic event. Bumper car event? Yeah, yeah. It actually went really well. No, uh, I just something about Kapowson bumper cars. Oh, uh Kapowson, it's um, Skydive Kapowson. Um, oh, never mind. You missed it. I don't get it either. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, went out to Skydive Kapowson and then um, kind of met with the squirrel guys, Matt Gerties, Mike Steen, um, Savage Sack. We had dinner with them, and I kind of told them about this, and they're like, yeah, that would be something we're interested in. Like, um, uh, I'll put you in contact with Val, and we'll we'll get this set up, and we'll make this world. And I'm like, oh, cool. So then I secured my slot to the next 50-50 event because <laughs> they weren't going to invite me back from the first one. You're like, shit, I got to do something yeah, cool yeah. so they invite me back. So I planted the seed, and then, um, yeah, uh, 
I kind of had an, uh, a direction I wanted to go. And then Val being super, she's fucking awesome. Um, she hijacked it from me. So <laughs> I was just an attendee at that point, Nice, which was cool. Cause I got to fly a slot, but, um, yeah, but basically got a lot of good feedback from it, from a lot of people. And, um, my plan for this year is to do one in uh, San Marcos, it's baseline San Marcos. <clears throat> um, and just do like a, a larger formation with different, um, maybe just not, weaving pieces but like break it apart and use pyro as well so i want something that's visually stunning from the ground and from the sky yeah um and we you know we had worked out the kinks and um, i'm working with nico malo he's a he's a videographer wing seater out and uh Kapasin as well and he has a couple ideas to like maybe program the leds to do some shimmering across the whole formation that's ridiculous Damn, that would yeah. be sick so um <laughs> Yeah, so that'll be later this year. I don't have a date set. Um, and then because of that, I'm going to have a few camps, uh, skill camps to put on for people who, who want to be on it or could be potential backups because um, it, it was difficult. I mean, we had no. some of the best wingsters in the world, and um, you could see where it could kind of get dangerous uh, really quickly. So. Yeah. Like what? What kind of um, what kind of things makes those sp- specific jumps so difficult? Is it just very technical, and it's at night, so you have like a, a more uh, more risk there as well? Yeah. Like? Um, so yeah, so um, we're all exiting this one formation, um, yeah. and since you know, I mean, I know, I'm sure you've done big ways, and you know how hard it is to get down to the base. But now we're also using horizontal horizontal movement, so we're farther yeah. away from the the from the aircraft so you have to fly there safely you have to get there quickly because you know you only have a certain amount of time to to do it and then also the um the the base is navigating um based off of you know night ground references so the depth perception is a bit off um because at night is harder but whenever you're there the leds are so bright that it also makes seeing difficult because everything's so bright and in your face. But mm-hmm. the the biggest thing is is just break off and and exit. Uh, but once you're there in the formation, the formation flies like any other wingsuit formation. It's actually pretty fucking rad. But um, exiting is difficult because if you don't have everyone exiting quickly, which seems to be a problem, um, it can get stretched out really quick. And then you have to have the discipline to be like, yeah, I'm going to fucking make it there. But... I'm also going to try to make it there safely. Um, but mm-hmm. luckily we had like some of the most amazing wingsuit talent and it just went off super easy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. For, for someone who's just getting into wingsuiting, like how many wingsuit jumps are they looking at before they can do, go do something like, like <sighs> along those lines? You know, I always hear like a numbers questions and stuff. I think it's really independent upon the person. Yeah. Um, definitely. you know, like some jump package nerd that's here and makes a thousand wingsuit jumps doesn't necessarily mean he's ready for that. Mm. Um, but somebody with two or 400 jumps, throughout five years they might be ready for it you know it's just like you said i only make 60 jumps a year and i, I kind of get to do some cool stuff but that's just because it's a little bit easier for me um and you know someone who's doing 400 jumps a year may not have that one that mindset or that 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 skill or that just that that self-discipline so yeah yeah definitely. it's makes a lot of sense um i would say you know doing a lot of uh, formations where you're last out diving to a formation, um, having a lot of experience with that, doing bigger ways, seeing how that flies, doing a lot of um, just, you know, dynamic flying, just anything that's just going to help your skill set. Um, yeah, I mean, if you can make it, then, yeah, I mean, I don't see a number. A number is just a number to me. If, yeah. if, 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 you, if you're approaching it with the right mindset. 
There are people who ask to turn a canopy and do a 270 over the pond at 400 jumps, and the majority of them are going to say, you're stupid. And then there's guys who show up prepared. I've, I've been focused my last 400 jumps. Yeah. All, the average person in 500 jumps is not going to be that focused. Let's be real. Yeah. Then you get somebody who's just super driven and super committed, and those 500 jumps, they have learned the most on every skydive they can for whatever they're doing. And, yeah, it, it, it's, it really... I like minimum numbers because they uh, show a, a, it's a filter. Level. Yeah, as a filter. But beyond that, just because you have 200 jumps doesn't mean you should jump a fucking GoPro. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you're lucky you can turn your car on, bro. You yeah. need a self-driving car. I mean, same thing for base jumping, right? Like no. you always hear like, oh, what, what number should I base jump? That's like, oh, okay, well, I mean, you, you got should a, never. a thousand skydives. Like that doesn't tell me anything. Like how many do you have on a seven cell base specific canopy? Mm. I mean, anybody can fall off a bridge or jump off a bridge. It's the the time that you after the three seconds you jump off that bridge that you have to fly your canopy. I mean, base jumping is canopy flying. It's not jumping. I mean, it's very it should be base canopy or some shit like that. I don't know. Jason Hyder, sorry to throw you under the bus, buddy. Uh, we had seven thousand skydives each when we made our first base jump, and he PLF'd his landing because he had to. It wasn't the most great. It wasn't a hard PLF. He rolled out because the landing wasn't going to be the smoothest. Um, I stood mine up. I got really lucky. Um, I really I got caught off guard. Like, I am a canopy coach. I teach canopy things. I'm pretty well prepared for what a 7-cell flies like because I fly a lot of them, and I've jumped a lot of F-111 7-cells, and I still got caught the fuck off guard. Yeah. 7,000 jumps, the number doesn't mean anything. It just helps with your sight and visual picture awareness, sure. right? I mean, that's all that yeah. you, you really have with 7,000 jumps is, okay, you know what the ground's going to look like really soon. Our right? second jump, we had an accuracy comp, just saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I won. you should saying. have an accuracy comp as on every base jump. You should. On every skydive. On yeah, every oh, yeah absolutely, yeah. 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 So, yeah. And uh, is anyway, sorry, I got distracted. I'm going to go back to sleep. No, no worries. <laughs> no, it, that actually brings me into a question I wanted to ask. Like the, the difference in um, the, the wingsuit canopies that you're flying and base canopies, are they relatively similar? Because to me, they look similar enough, right? Like they yeah. kind of look F 111 ish and they're big and square and stuff. Like, is it. Is it easy to uh, transition from one to the other? Or do they still feel like pretty different uh, vehicles? Yeah, so to yeah. Speak? For the most part. Um, yeah, like that's kind of how I describe my 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 epicene, right? Like a sporty base canopy. Um, they do fly like that. They are kind of that that steeper trim that you're looking for. Not very good glide. Um, the epicene pro does have really good glide, and the squirrel um, uh, omicron is coming. Look at that plug. You see that fucking mic made up for that? <laughs> um, the the squirrel omicron has a lot more glide, a lot more performance. But um, I haven't flown one yet, but I've seen it and I've seen it in person and seen it fly and. Um, with the Epstein Pro, I have, you know, flown, I probably got, you know, two, maybe 300 jumps on it. And, um, yeah, I just, I kind of, it flies similar. It's not hard going from one to the other. You know, you still get better performance using fronts. Um, you know, I use fronts on almost every base jump with any base canopy just cause it gets better, better flare. I mean, should be using your fronts. Shouldn't be afraid of them, you know? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. By the way, not every canopy's better on its fronts. Not for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. For people who heard that and think that that means you should be on your fronts, um, a lot of high-performance, high-end guys don't touch their fronts at all. Um, yeah, you, I agree with you and your perspective on yeah, where yeah. you're at. But just people thinking that way, it, it's varies campy to campy and wing to wing. And 
one of my favorite things that you say and you do is you just do it and you kind of mock yourself in all of that. Um, by the way, I do agree. You probably shouldn't be doing stall surges that low on that kind of canopy. I yeah. also do it. Um, <laughs> and the manager at Spaceland gave me grief for it recently, yeah. and rightfully so. But um, uh, it, it, it's um, you, you're flying the wing. You're feeling it. You're getting into. You're, you're actually trying to understand what you're doing. Well, I think the people. The reason why people are say you should be afraid of stall surges because the, the people that are doing them don't understand the dynamics behind the canopy and why you shouldn't be doing that. They're just doing it because, oh, it's easier to get to my fronts or I heard or I saw somebody do it. Because the cool kids do it. It right. looks dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you go up and then you go real steep, right? Yeah. Mine recovers super fast. Yeah. I mean, because it's a base canopy, so I trust the, the science behind it. So that's why I feel like I can get away with doing it closer to the ground, you know, 220 feet somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere there, Another yeah. conversation to why you should, still shouldn't do <laughs> yeah, it. I yeah, still don't yeah. think your logic is right. But um, yeah, you're right. You're right. But it, it's I. There's there. So a good buddy of mine refuses to jump with an RSL. If you have a truly educated and understood process and an amount of experience, I'm going to say it's up to you to take a risk. You deciding to take. 12 shots of absinthe as a grown adult man versus you decided to do that as an eight-year-old one of you two i'm gonna stop yeah. the other one i'm gonna laugh at right yeah, yeah. you're dumb enough to make your own decision that's your fucking problem you're eight no you shouldn't do that um yes same thing with with stall surges uh, in traffic don't do them you're an asshole yeah asshole man if any of you guys are doing stall surges in traffic you know the asshole who hits his brakes in the middle of the freeway because he thought he saw a paper bag you're that asshole now yeah like straight up stall surges in patterns you are hitting your brakes and creating a massive traffic jam behind you whether you think you are or not so funny you say that most wing steers do it so it's just it's not uncommon to like okay i know he's about to stall surge yeah yeah so i i'm not going to defend right or wrong to right, 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 some yeah, places yeah, but yeah. i will say my awareness of when i do it will vary if i'm in the middle of a traffic flow and i know i'm in the last of the group to land right it's common when i'm jumping i'm doing an, a rating course where i'm jumping a canopy that i can float and i let all the canopy all the uh camera guys land in front of me which means all i have are tandems behind me camera guys have just landed and i try my best to insert myself where i'm last yep so i don't think i'm hitting the brakes in front of anybody else um my awareness for all the other canopies are is also pretty high a wingsuiter's awareness of where all the other canopies are a modern wingsuiter's awareness of where all the canopies are <laughs> is also pretty high i wouldn't say every wingsuiter hit or miss depending on their experience level, yeah. modern would you say that's a fair way yeah, to say yeah, it? Yeah. a modern uh, you know not a neanderthal yeah. <laughs> not a cave savage, <laughs> savage. <laughs> you fucking savage <laughs> man um because you do have the ability you know one of the things that you and i've talked about is you teach your wingsuiters you should be looking ahead of you in the loading area in the plan in the airplane and in flight for where canopies are going to be you should be aware of those canopies before they ever show up and if you are there's never an issue um, not again saying right or wrong that the, the stall surge, but I can see where in the wingsuiting community you might be less of a disruption to a traffic pattern, no doubt. Right. I mean, you just know it's coming. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you want to learn stall surges to sweep your canopy, I teach you like, dude, spiral. All you want on a hop and pop when there's not a lot of other people around you. Mm -hmm. Spiral with twenty three other people, you're an idiot. Time oh, dude, man, I've you know it's funny you say that. I did a couple angle fly jumps this last year, and it's the first time I've been in with like other canopies. 
terrifying. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> wild, right? Dude, I was just like, oh my God, like to get away from me. Like, I do not like this, you know? So, yeah. yeah. It, it gets I, I see people like, what are you doing? You're at 4,000 feet. I'm, I'm loaded way more. Why are you spiraling below me, guy? Like, yeah. stop it. Yeah, the classic, like, they're spiraling down and you're in full flight and getting on level or... D- d- just yeah, as you just pass them, they spiral because you're not allowed to pass them. Yeah. And then you just full flight pass them and they spiral down past you again. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, it's pretty I, It's pretty wild. Bro, I have 100 jumps. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, man, it's terrifying. I was yeah. like, that's that's that stuff scares me for sure. And yeah. you're being a movement group that's first out as well and not a wingsuiter, you're kind of in a more unique position too because you might have a longer spot, yeah. which you're familiar with, but now you're first out and you have groups opening and they're right above the drop zone. So if they want to, they can crank it down yep. and you exactly. have to make it back and you're meeting each other in the pattern pretty often. You're absolutely like spot on, man. Yeah, yeah. and that sucks way more when you have a, a full otter load and there's 20 canopies all trying to compete for that uh, <laughs> yeah. that low man spot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's why if you just pull like 1,500 feet, there's no way That's they can it. get below you. That's know? it. Just pull over. <laughs> well, I mean, unless the Guayo's jumping that day. Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're probably not going to win that doing. competition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so crazy how much time has changed because the 2,000-foot BSR to open, you could open no lower than 2,000 feet. In that day and age, it meant if you had a D license, you pulled it two grand. Yeah. That just is what it was. And for the longest time, when I started skydiving, it still was very close to that way. When the BSR changed to become 2.5 for the lowest opening, so much flack, so much freaking fight and hustle and hassle over it and i i get people resist change but today i look around and most jumpers like yo dude, i'm gonna pull below 3500 feet i'm like but you can pull as low as two five fuck you i'm like like dude 10 years ago you were <laughs> arguing not to let you do that now yeah. you're and, and i not mocking them but i love how much the culture has changed we have adapted to become better human beings if we ever want a chance to evolve to be as good as kimball you got to survive a skydive well i mean i don't know like we always joke like the second part of the skydive is you know after 300 feet you know 3,000 feet after everyone breaks away (laughs) (laughs) that's when we actually go and have fun you know (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm kidding nick we pull it for we all pull it for (laughs) i have terrible depth perception so (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I, I regularly, man. So I, I've heard wingsuiters. This actually leads into a great question. I've heard wingsuiters uh, say this, um, bro, we're going slower in free fall. So it means we can open lower because we have more time to deal with malfunctions. How do you feel about that statement? We're going slower in free fall because we have more time to. So no, have, that doesn't work. Doesn't make any sense. Okay, thank you, man. It, it's and I don't know where it came from. I don't know what part of our sport uh, thinks that way, or okay. what part of the wingsuit community thinks that way. But I've heard it from more than one person. Now we're going slow and free fall, so we have more time. That doesn't it does because <laughs> I mean, when your canopy's open, you're not necessarily. We're all at similar yeah. descent rates. Yeah, and you have more shit to do. Yeah, yeah, more housekeeping for sure. Yeah, I don't have much to do once I get under parachute, but open my visor and do deal with my slide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes that even feels like a lot. I mean, I'm an idiot, but still, sometimes it feels <laughs> no, like no. Some, like, you'll forget or undo your chest strap, right? Yeah. yeah. Did that did, did that concern you at all when you're first getting into wingsuiting? Because I hear a lot of people talk about like, man, wingsuiting looks rad, but yeah. they, they have to get over that hump of like, it feels like a straight jacket, a lot of people say. 
Did you have any of those uh, any of those um, concerns going into it? I got in. No, I, I if and if I did, I would have just like buried them because I got into yeah. skydiving for that purpose. Yeah. Um, that was my goal. That was my drive. So I would have looked overlooked anything that would have been uncomfortable just I, so I could meet it. Nice. I had a little Fuck bit yeah. different experience. So Kimball knows I only have twenty ish wingsuit jumps, and part of it was to truly explore if I wanted to do it. And I will say it is fucking cool, no doubt. Like flying with other wingsuiters in a formation and, and actually flying is dope. But I also wanted the experience so when I talk to a wingsuit guy, I'm not completely ignorant and he can tell me things. I'm like, okay, I can make sense of it. I understand why you're doing what you're doing. I, I can respect and have some understanding. And initially I was, so first of all, my first wingsuit jump was on a classic. Yeah, yeah. So very different, yeah, very different conversation to what you had. So it was very intimidating to me, like what's going to happen when I get under a wingsuit. So I was super keen to open high. A, it was just a good idea on a new discipline, but yeah. I was more like, yo, dude, I'm going to need like 12 days to undo all this stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And I'm a camera flyer who undoes wings and done does this. or have a RW guy who's done done booties under canopy. Uh, not always saying all smart ideas, but it, it intimidated me. And after the first jump, I was like, okay. And after the second jump, I'm like, fuck it. And now yeah. with modern wingsuits and the way they yeah. design it, phew, dude, yeah. man, dude, Scott Higgins can get out of a wingsuit. We fine. We're good. Yeah, yeah, Scott's yeah. a really smart dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's yeah. A good, he's a good guy. Yeah, the, um, yeah, I got in when, when you know, wingsuiting was kind of, st- I would say it's still in its infancy because there's so many cool, rad things changing and going on. And, um, yeah, I got in design still when you got in, right? Yeah. yeah. So I got in with, like, I got a, I, Alex Frey sold me his Phantom Potter two. Potter. Yeah. Alex yes. Potter. Yeah. Um, he sold me his Phantom two and, um, that works differently than the wingsuits now. So I didn't really have a big learning curve and I jumped Phoenix fly suits for a really long time until Luke Rogers came in town and he's like, Hey, Oi mate, you got to drive, you got to put on this suit. <laughs> I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. I'll put it on, and then I, you know, put it on and flew. I'm like, holy fuck, this is a suit, you know, like it was a freak one, right? And that honestly pales in comparison to the freak four now. And um, but the freak one made all the other wingsuits I've ever flown like, like, oh man, that was a joke, right? So um, when I flew the freak and I saw how it was to get out of the suit, yeah, it was a little bit more difficult, and you had to slow down your opening a little bit more, and it took, it is a hurdle, and. You know, I always tell the people that I coach and work with or that ask advice for me, it's like, all right, yeah, cool. Like, yeah, you jumped a Swift 4. That's, you know, its own opening sequence. Now you're jumping an ATC. You have to do a different opening sequence. Now you're jumping a Freak. It's a different opening sequence. Like, you know, every suit you go up, it's like changing, you know, race cars. Like, you're going to be, you're able to go 400 miles an hour. So now you got more time to leave for braking. So it's, 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 yeah, like, I mean, I won't jump a C race. Well, I would, but I don't. I've only got one jump in a C race, and that's because I don't. I don't want to pull my handles, you know, opposite, and mm. it's terrifying, like to think about how fast you're actually moving. So you hold on. So with a C race, you have to cross pull. In other words, your hand reaches across your body to cut away and across your body to pull your. Result. Um, you don't have to. It's just a little bit more Why? difficult. Uh, it's just the way that the suits design, like the arm sweep and like everything like that. I could probably reach it, but you also have, if you have like a really stiff arm foam in, you might not be ah, able to okay. bend it because that, that definitely why. keeps the, the leading edge stiff. So you get a little, little more laminar airflow and speed. Okay. Um, so you may not be able to bend your arm to get it. So you just have to, okay, now I'm going to reach across here. Um, I know Luke Rogers was doing that for a while um, in his suit and I've only done one jump in it uh in a sea race and i honestly flew it like a bitch so i just yeah. um i i would love to, 
to jump in, but I mean, I can go just as fast as my freak, so. (laughs) (laughs) I think you could go just as fast naked. Oh, yeah. As long as you had that mustache. No, I got some drag between my legs that sold me back. (laughs) Ours is a brick. It's like a brick. (laughs) Just straight down. down. You're such a fucking quick witted smart ass. (laughs) (laughs) Belly jumps for days is the only orientation you can be in with a suit. Tummy jumps. Tommy jumps. Tommy yeah, jumps. We, we yeah. Tommy Miller that. jumps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. The the opening sequence that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it, how active of a process is that now? Especially like you're on a Freak Four, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're you're pretty familiar with that in, yeah. in the opening sequence. Yeah. Does it still feel like an active thing that uh, you have to really give it the respect it deserves? Yes. Or, or, okay. So yeah. it's, it's never like your brain is totally off while you're doing it because you've done it so many times. Um, sometimes it's totally off. Like if I'm flaring with somebody else and watching a student, or if I'm okay. if I'm if I'm flaring and like looking at tandems and making sure if like there's other canopies around me. Like sometimes it's off. It's almost second nature. But anytime that I can give it. Like, like conscious thought, I do respect it and give it conscious thought. Like I was talking to DJ the other day about um, people opening. Um, if you don't check the uppers and you decide to do a low speed opening and you're perpendicular to a 40 knot crosswind, your canopy is going to get blown behind you and off to the side of you and, and load one riser. And now you're going to have line twist or canopy um, a diving line twist or, or whatever, because you didn't give that conscious thought of, Oh, I need to have more airspeed mm-hmm. to keep that laminar airflow, to keep that, that the only part that's, you know, going to be susceptible to wind because it has no weight behind it because it's not attached to your body um, from blowing off of your center line. So I was telling people like, a lot of wingsuiters, they don't like newer wingsuiters, they don't think of something like that. Like mm-hmm. to look at, okay, I want a lower speed because they, they want low speed openings because, you know, they're softer. You can kind of control them a little bit more versus fast speed openings that, you know, kind of just whip you and like open it. And honestly, to each their own, like sometimes I'll do fast, sometimes I do slow. Um, also, air density comes into play a lot with these wingsuit canopies. So, um, if you just don't have this conscious thought of like, okay, I'm, I, I know I'm going to be in a, a 40 knot crosswind, then you can be you know, um, set up for failure. And the only two cutaways I've ever had from ever is because I did a low airspeed opening into a 30 plus knot crosswind and it was a low to no airspeed opening. So, and then it blew my canopy and then it loaded my riser and I'm like, all right, yeah, okay. I'm, I pitched at 15. This was stupid. I should (laughs) have, But man, that's a, that's a really good point. I Dude, I didn't catch it that time either. Don't <laughs> no, I just you just have to be aware of like you know what's yeah. going on. Yeah, most definitely. Is that uh, is that knowledge pretty widespread now that uh, the the education in the community is a little bit better? Or is that still a lesson that you kind of have to learn the hard way? I feel like people don't pay attention to that. Yeah. Um. I I think that you know they might try to explain. Oh, well, you know this is all this. A lot of people don't wear rear facing cameras either. You know. Um. Mm-hmm. They went on the action of, on the front, and, and you ha- you do have three sixty camera, but it distorts the views and stuff. So, um, I think newer jumpers may not be aware of that. I think older jumpers may not be aware of that, or um, I just I don't think people have, you know, as much awareness as I do. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I I just. I learned it the hard way, and okay. so I'm susceptible, or I'm I'm conscious of it now, and so I try to teach people, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, well, what's your airspeed? You know, like, where if you if you want a consistent opening, wear a fly sight. It's going to tell you your 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 you know your speed, and then experiment, mm-hmm. and then get a consistent set of values. It's like you know, we're scientists, we're test jumpers, test yeah, it out for sure. Yeah. Have you found like a specific set of conditions that work best for you in terms of like high and low speed low speed openings? Just to, yeah, it's like I think it's like somewhere between ninety five. Uh, knots to like 115 somewhere in that range something mm. like that yeah I just kind of I know what it sounds like I know what it feels like 
And I, as I'm deploying and I'm doing my flare, whatever I want to do for that jump, I'm looking down at the ground. And if I see that I'm getting blown off course, then I know I just need to go a little bit faster, pitch sooner or something like that. Because there's two different types of, you know, um, there's all kinds of ways to deploy your, your parachute, especially when it comes to wingsuiting. And I just tell people, pick what you want, but just make sure you have that clean laminar airflow across the top of your wing and like everything. So it like keeps the, the, the canopy inflating and you're not just having this like big ball of mess and, you know, mm-hmm. Every year, like, I feel like wingsuit deployments are changing. Like, oh, this is the best way to do it. Oh, this is the best way to do it. And I've changed mine throughout the years. And now I kind of have one that's consistent to me that I've never thought of. I just, Scotty Bob said, hey, yeah, you should be teaching people this. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll fucking teach people this. Like, I do 60 jumps a year. There's no way I'm going to have any set of data and values that, that I can, you know, back up. So I'll just go off the backs of people that, you know, progress the sport. So... Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. How how much of a factor does the like wingsuit specific gear also play into that? Like I've noticed you have separate pilot shoes, yeah. longer bridles, all that stuff. Is it uh is that 50% of the equation or is it yeah. still yeah. Yeah, it's a huge part. I mean, if you don't have if you don't have a wingsuit canopy that's trimmed to opening it th- like those those air speeds and it's like, you know, it's more aggressive than course dumbass like you had spinning line to us because you jumped a katana like what the <laughs> fuck were you thinking like yeah. and there's people that do it successfully there's there's nothing you just have to want to go out there have the balls to test out a set of value and data to figure out what the best way to deploy that katana in your wingsuit is yeah but conditions are never going to be the same that's the thing about the atmosphere it's always changing and what worked today may not work tomorrow because you're sore you know there's yeah. all these different variables that you have to consider and i feel like trying to pinpoint this is the exact way to do it it's very hard Fly the wing, the, the right tool for the right job. It's right. the that's going to give you the most forgiveness. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, as an AFF examiner, I choose to jump a specter because you have to hold on to me through opening. And if you don't hold on to me properly, you load my harness unevenly, yep. and now I get line twist. On a specter, no. You hold on to my harness all you want. I got a fucking picture of Constantine. Of course, it's Constantine. <laughs> holding on to my harness so much that my body side, not sideways, but at an angle, he's directly below me because you're supposed to let go as I transition later. It's not holding on to me for dear life. Yeah. But he had, wasn't holding on long enough earlier, so he overcompensated, found the middle. Fucking but communist. That's, yeah, communist. <laughs> but that's why I jump a, a specter. So this is our opening. Our, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mother <laughs> Russia brings you for your side of. <laughs> uh, I, I jump that campy because of that. There's buddies who will jump velocities, and if Constantine does that to them, they're having a cutaway, guaranteed. Yeah. Are you willing to take that risk? And for me, it's eh, right tool, right job. I, I actually really enjoy doing AFF evaluation jumps and training AFF instructors in part, and in part it's my job. So yeah. I really prefer to, in your case, wingsuit, so I'm going to jump this wing. Yeah. I, I have... Uh, I had a wingsuit-specific container. I, I had dynamic corners because I very quickly found out, holy shit, your bag can tumble like a motherfucker oh, yeah. without dynamic corners. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I, I wasn't going to jump my velocity with tight corners on a wingsuit. It was just a horrible mixture. Yeah. I never tried it, by the way. I just, I was like, I'm <laughs> going to trust the people who have a lot of cutaways. Yeah, there's videos out there of people, you know, jumping all kinds of crazy shit back in the day. So, yeah. believe it or not, I don't want to cut away anytime again soon. Yeah, they're not fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not by, not unintentionally. Intentionally, that's yes. another conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's fun. But. Yeah. But like, <laughs> oh shit, my fucking, my, my shit ain't working. I'm fucked. Yeah. That's, that's not a good well, idea. Well, if you're on a jump with me, you know, you'd be over the drop zone anyway. So, you don't have to go chase your you gear. Get shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with that. I heard that. I heard that one. Why I've do, seen them. So why do you think it's so important people land on? Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Oh, man. Like, all right. So, I mean, for the obvious reason, like... Uh, and by the way, this is any jumper, not just wingsuiters. 
all right. Well, for the obvious reason, it just shows like competency. Like one, you're competent enough to get back to where you started from, right? Um, number two, it's like uh, congratulations, no, you found your way home. Number yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't have to walk as far. All right. Uh, I mean, if we were just want to be like lazy, but uh, it just brings a lot of like bad publicity to the the um, drop zone. Like contrary to what newer skydivers or skydivers in general want to believe. People don't fucking like a plane flying out of their house all day, every day. It's loud. It's annoying. And now you're going to be trampling through my fucking yard? Like, come on, dude. Like, go land on your own fucking shit. And dude, that's your space. Go land on your space. Don't be landing on man. I think the people, like, the general public would be, like, you know, um, empathetic if we're having an emergency and, you know, we're landing there because it was to save our life. I think that can be... But if we're landing there because we want to go chase a cloud and, you know, now we can't get it back because we didn't plan for that then i think when that happens more often that you know they're going to go have like real conversations with people and this can get shut down like skydiving is a is a privilege um and just like wingsuiting like if we have to go and dedicate resources to go and make sure one that you're okay go get a car for you you know we have to go and get all these resources to make sure you're okay we don't need to call an ambulance because no one got to see you land in front then that's also like a, a big problem like I want to kind of switch the conversation just a little bit to Nick as the manager. How? Well, hey. Hey, so every now and then a jumper lands off. Wingsuiter or otherwise, a jumper lands off. Yep. That has zero impact on your daily operation. Uh, that is a very false <laughs> statement. <laughs> yeah. I love the I mean, it, me. it depends on uh, who it is, where they land. You know, I think that for, for so how, do, how do I turn this on me? The middle bottom. Middle bottom. Hey, world. Hey, I think it depends on uh, uh, their experience level, right? If we have a dive flow one land off, we're going to be a lot more concerned about uh, the quality of their landing and how, uh, you know, how hurt that person might be. If we see a wingsuiter land off, we're probably going to fly a few more loads and then say, <laughs> hey, did anyone find that wingsuiter? <laughs> no, kidding. You know, but, uh, you know, depending on uh, how it goes, especially on a... You know, we've had it happen on a busy day where we normally have a few ground crew people and someone's sick and someone else is already doing another thing. So, I mean, we we only have so much to spread around. And we usually have an extra person to kind of plan for the, the chaos. That's why we have more more staff there on the ground on weekends. But uh, it only takes two things going wrong at once for even our extra person to be unavailable to, yeah, to sure. help. So it does... Uh, not always, but definitely can put a big strain on, on normal operations when that happens. Yeah. And I think people would be really shocked. I think you're being a little bit modest to how much of a strain it really can create because I do see behind the scenes a lot and I hear it. Um, I think the drop zone deals with it well, and I don't think Spaceland specifically. I think most drop zones deal with it well. It is a fact of life. We have to deal with knuckleheads who can't figure out how to get back home on their own. Yeah. Um, but, man, I, I love the emphasis you put on making sure you can – competently land on i love the word that you put competence to it yeah so all right i'm going home i'm done <laughs> you've been home this whole time man i have haven't i <laughs> man <laughs> you're doing good you're hanging in there you're doing great we're all proud of you how was that food are you done yet uh well i still have a box of chocolates uh, do, do oh, are those chocolates still on that tissue yeah did you want me to eat them for you yeah one <laughs> of them, yeah <laughs> no, no you can go for it one of them was no. on the ground though i don't remember which one Dude, it was. I, I you know how much i care about food being on the ground not zero zero exactly zero percent okay i want one of them do you think you can make it into my mouth from here uh well well, we're talking about what now yeah i don't think so (laughs) okay i think you want me to try i I it's worth a try okay i'm gonna see this are you gonna overhand or underhand hang on i'm gonna see if i can better uh, overhand it i'm not catching anything that's thrown underhand we're going overhand okay that's gonna come with a lot more force (laughs) fine left couch 
Oh, <laughs> oh dude, man. I hit teeth. I hit teeth, and I switched the camera. You hit me the directly in the teeth. That was my fault. I was watching it. Well played. Yeah, I needed to do like one thing right. And I didn't do it. Well, you did everything. Kimball's just, excellence has rubbed <laughs> off on me, but you know, you haven't been over there for long enough. You're welcome. He only, he only Thank does you. That. Yeah, yeah. Thank he only does that 60 times a year. If That's you can right. <laughs> 69. <Hey>. <laughs> 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 you know, I, I looked for about 30 minutes to find a picture of you on the internet dragging water on the pond. I just can't find it. Oh, really? No. Yeah. I, I looked I at your Instagram. I looked at all your pictures on uh, Oh, Facebook. it's his background. He can pull you, it up real quick. You, I mean, got a, you got a beautiful <laughs> wife, and uh, there's some impressive latte art, if I can share this. Was that, was that you? Oh, I, oh, I think I remember that that. <laughs> my, my cockachinos. Dude, that's really good, man. Super excited oh, about that. Yeah, that's rad. If you are not watching right now, you are missing out. Well, when you drag water enough, you don't need to just tell the world every time. You know, it just Gosh. gets old after a while. It's like, oh, there's Kimball dragging water again. Do you have a cappuccino machine? Uh, so we have a Breville. It's an espresso machine, and we got it because uh, I never drank coffee in my life. Um, I mean, like maybe like coffee with like hot chocolate mix in it, like nothing crazy. Well, we went over to Dalton's house because, uh, you know, I guess Dalton's a friend. And uh, so we went over to Dalton's house and there's a, <laughs> a Breville there. And, and Claire's like, oh, man, this is a nice machine. Let's get some coffee. And so they made coffee. She's like, oh, man, this is really good coffee. She drinks coffee every morning for work. So I was like, well, cool. You want one? Let's get one. She's like, yeah, I want one. I was like, cool. Let's fucking get a coffee machine. I don't care. And so she's like, all right, let's get this one that they have. I was like, yeah, fine, cool. 600 fucking dollars. It's like holy fuck, six hundred dollars was. Go- I'm drinking fucking coffee now. So I've had, <laughs> I've had coffee. Uh, I make her coffee in the morning. I make myself coffee in the morning. Like every day that I'm off. Yeah. So we got our fucking money's worth out of that coffee machine. So <laughs> you didn't drink coffee at all before that. No, I mean like Damn. like I mean I think we had a a Keurig and they would make like you know yeah. shitty coffee. But yeah, a tiny little. Yeah. Then I had uh, I saw Larry's latte art. It's like okay, Larry. And so we had this like competition. And, Game on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Have so, you developed your craft anymore? Is that kind of the pinnacle? Um, so at? I've I actually got kind of serious with because <laughs> I was like, well, man, like my wife likes it. Like, shit, this is an easy thing to do to make her happy. I'll just make her coffee and learn art, and she can have this full experience with it. So I try to do like really good art, and um, I found out through a lot of trial and error um, that our steamer doesn't work like uh, foam as well as you know an industrial coffee or anything that's decent. Um, you would think six hundred dollars is decent because I sure as fuck did. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's like the bottom of the line espresso machine. So after that trial and error, I I I just resorted to like I can do a couple of uh, art things, but um, not as good as like Larry's machine. It's just too hard to get the milk, uh, the consistency that you need. So yeah. Mm, Have you seen they actually print the top with foam now? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Fucking ridiculous. The, what they, wow. they print the top of yeah, the Yeah, like print the, the milk. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Dude, we, had, uh, we were at Disney and got a cappuccino or something, and the top had like Mickey Mouse printed on the fucking yeah, top. Yeah, you can print whatever you like, put it in the machine, whatever you want printed, and it'll print on there. Yeah. Damn, yeah. future. We're living in it. Yeah. So the next, your the six hundred dollars is like the bottom end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you even bother looking at like what the next? No, step is? no, man. <laughs> I no. wouldn't either, man. Six hundred like, is a lot. Yeah, but you know, I and I thought about that when we got it too. Um, and then I was like, well, people go to Starbucks, a cup of you know coffee from Starbucks is more than a gallon of gasoline. You know, yeah, it's and like if five you, bucks or yeah, whatever. If you go yeah. there every day and you get coffee, because there are people. I mean, caffeine's a stimulant. Like that's a drug. <laughs> if you yeah. go there every day, like most people do, because they're addicted to it, yeah. like. It's a lot of money. So one year's worth of, you know, $5 coffee, we, we definitely got our monies by a third, you know. It's ridiculous, sure. isn't yeah. it, Nick? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm showing some pictures of these printed lattes right now. Like straight up printing pictures. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, you got some nice portraits over here. It's it, pretty, pretty uh, it's cool. Um, it's weird. Yeah, unbelievable. But I'm going to drink your face someday. I think that's what it's telling me. You're going to drink my face Yeah, someday? there are people's faces yeah, on yeah, these yeah. coffees. I thought, he was, I thought he was trying to make out with me. Oh, I mean, I would. No balls. Not do right now. We've kissed. I say we've kissed. Yeah, but have you done it on the show? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You just look so satisfied. You're like, I our, our chemistry just doesn't happen on demand. It's organic. Oh, okay, it's yeah, beautiful. Sure. It's, the it's sort also of, orgasmic. It's the sort yeah. of love that can't be forced. Dry lips. Yeah. It's just different when there's cameras. And, in the and, room. and what I got a, a dude telling me to do it, it just has a different <laughs> feel, you know. Well, I'm, I got this pillow here to hold my boner back. So, so, yeah, uh, this, yeah. The, that's known as the boner pillow. Yeah, oh, perfect. Uh, someone commented uh, about that pillow earlier. Oh, really? Yeah, here yeah, we like go. Can't hide your gut or something. I can't remember. Jordan oh Binion. No. Jordan Binion. Does that pillow know how good of a job it's doing of hiding the fact that he's fat? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's how it says. Does the some pillow good. know how lucky? Yeah. <laughs> hey, roast me, no. please. No, it says. Does the pillow know how lucky it is to be in his lap? That's what it actually says. There's, yeah. a, there's a couple of good ones in there that I was trying to tie them into the earlier oh, conversation, dude, hit, man. Hit but Nick, up, man. Like, the, there's, there's some really good ones. In I there. love being roasted <laughs> just as much as I love roasting people, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Eli McKee, if I'm saying his last name, yeah, right, McKee, said something yeah. like, why are you so good at flying your body but terrible at flying airplanes <laughs> or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, he just got hired on with United. Good job, McKee. Nice. Yeah. Good yeah, he's, he's the one that actually started me down the line of trying to be a pilot. I think yeah? he's the one who so, asked about Kapow some bumper cars. Uh, Kapow's and bumper cars. Yeah. I don't know what Kapow's the fuck he's talking cars. about. Yeah, see, that's why I, I just was told reference Kapow's huh. and bumper cars. Uh, I'm instructed to ask you how stretchy your nutsack is. Yeah. Eli has a hard on for I, I totally forgot about that one. Or Dalton. Uh, hold on. No, no, no. It wasn't Cameron Ellison. Somebody else. Cameron Ellison. Dude, fuck yeah, man. How have you been, dude? <laughs> man, so... Have him call in. Let's do this. Yeah. But I, I want to hear about this nutsack. Oh, I could cover your face. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, okay, but like with you stretching it to cover my face, yeah. or like you can just pop no. it down and like cover the face? No, like I could stretch it and I could smother you. Do you have... Uh, have you <laughs> have you found your limit yet or does it just keep going? Is it like bubble gum where you can just like... So there's a limit and I actually quit whenever <laughs> I got when I got married because Claire was tired of looking at them, but I actually went to the so fun story i went to the va for some bullshit years ago and then the lady's like hey all right you know we got to do this you know physical on you so she, I, you know she's like take your you know pants off I was like well, hey you know what's my first name lady but <laughs> anyway i took my pants off she's like she's this black lady she goes child i was like yes ma'am she goes how old are you i was like oh i was like 26 and she's like your scrotum should not be that saggy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? She's like, that is, that's, it shouldn't be like that. And I was like, well, thank you. you know? <laughs> but um, they're really, everyone, they're really heavy, dude. Everyone in the, everyone in football and high school football and the Marines knows like I have Dick Gami. I can do like, <laughs> I can do um, tricks with my, I can make, I can make shapes. The bat wing. Fuck, man. Oh, You're dude, painting the such, a, such a mental picture. Oh, after in my the show, right I'll now. show you if you want. <laughs> Fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I got like the Texas belt buckle is my favorite. Okay. I was sure. just going to ask, like, do you have a go to? And I think Oh, I, I so think I have two. The, the Texas snail. Belt I had the snail and, snail and the Texas belt buckle. Those are my go to. Fuck, man. I got to know about the snail. I think yeah. I got to see. I want to see the snail first. I mean, yeah, I guess we'll just get a demo. We should end with the Texas belt buckle. No, I'll end with the snail. Okay. Whatever you want. All right. We'll just. I used Man. to have a flow. Whatever you <laughs> You had a whole routine. Yeah. I'm sad. I'm, you know, that saddens me to think about it happening after the show because I think Alex is going to have a 
really good reaction. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, probably. you can film his reaction in the corner, you know. You could just turn yeah, the cameras off. Yeah. <laughs> Glad that we're having this. Yeah. Uh, this One of two things has to happen: the guys have to start kissing guys, or some yeah, balls have to yeah, come yeah. out. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I guess I'll be the guy. Like, who am I kissing? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fuck, I'm so glad we got back to that comic because I forgot about it and I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, it's, it's some more. Man, it was. Uh, I, we do need to one. know about your butt wiping paper. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! So uh, we've been holding this conversation, and I refuse to l- go too far with it. Yeah, because Nick, I think he has a paper on how to wipe your butt. Oh no! What man. is this? Oh, so I have a. <laughs> few papers um i'll read two of them to you tonight. so th- these are published papers these are <laughs> it gets better than that okay <laughs> i i will i will end on the butt paper but i will re- read you my rim job paper pro rim job so <laughs> there's there's a backstory on this rim job paper so the college that i'm going to is called liberty university are you familiar I feel like I've heard of it through like commercials or, or hardcore something. Christian college. Okay, yeah, <laughs> hardcore Christian college. Got it. So um, I have to write papers for them periodically because you know most of it's online except for the flying I do in person. Um, and one of the prompts was I had to write about um, this runway incursion um, program or something. It was for aviation safety, and uh, I always try to make things more fun than they should be. Um, and I always work within the constraints. The beauty that I enjoy in myself is finding holes in black and white. So if they give me black and white, they say you have to work in within these constraints. I always try to embellish what I can in it and push the limits. Oh, dude, push the, they've actually changed their, I got an, uh, I got an email from a professor, uh, last year and they changed their, uh, their their rubric and their assignment instructions because people were getting tired of how well I did it. But the guy was like, dude, you're a legend at this school because <laughs> they we had a meeting about you and we changed the the, the rubric. The Kimball rules. Dude, that's how you know you're crushing it when yeah. people have to have meetings about you. Yeah. <laughs> like just about you. Well think about like how many years they've had this school open yeah. and this is the first year that they like, all right, we gotta do something different, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta change it up. I know it's been working for however the many years. The rim job chronicles is well, it wasn't it the out. rim job. So it was um for this one, I'll get back to the papers, but for this one it's uh every fucking semester we have to do an introduction. And I hate doing introductions. Man, I think they're pointless. Like, but just let me do the schoolwork, get my fucking A, and be out of here, right? So, and every year it's like you have to do these five things. And it used to be you, you would write them out. It'd say, what city and state, or where, where do you live? Um, what do you do for a living? What are your hobbies? What are you taking this class for? What do you want to learn from this class? I could do this in a TikTok video, right? And you can do it, and 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 you know. You could do it in 10 words. Well, it started out being 10 words, and I would just do the five lines. I'd just put it there. And then, you know, people were getting pissed about it. So then they're like, well, you have to write it with 150 words. So then I would write out 150 words of my introduction. And then they got pissed about it, and they're like, well, now you have to do a video. So I'm like, well, this is stupid. I'll just do this video. Well, it started out with, hey, you just have to do a video introduction. So I was like, all right, cool. So one year I did one where, like, my my eye was just being filmed <laughs> and I, I mean i would just i would just film my eye and then i did this introduction and and it, like i would say like my favorite hobby is going and find finding blades of 
grass and cutting them and then retaping them with scotch tape and <laughs> that was my hobby like some fucking weirdo yeah and then i would i went from the eye to the blades of grass and i was like this is this one and they actually went and got grass and cut them and, and taped them back that's awesome and people were like what the fuck you know like who is this guy and then um the next year uh they 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 said that um i, I did another one and it's a chin video and that one's actually kind of popular it may have made it around but um, I filmed myself. I can show you the video or send the video if, if you want it and you can post it so people can see it. Um, but I, I did a chin video where I just filmed my chin, like, you know, upside down mouth and chin. And then I talked about people and I talked like a French accent and I made a bunch of puns and, um, and after that they're like, okay, now you have to show your face. You have to be professionally dressed. You have to answer these questions. You have to do all this. And I then the next that year I made a video like all right they caught me like you finally get to see what I look like you know yeah. and the professor guys oh you're the chin guy <laughs> and I was like oh you heard of it he's like dude yeah you are a legend at this school because that that video made it through all so the professors please tell me you have to make another video another year and if you do Nick you got like we got to get like a super crazy rock star edit let's do it man that would be so could you imagine like just putting together a Nick lot edit to your intro what do i send it to where do i send it uh, to? you can send it to me on facebook i can pull it up pretty easy all right all right so that's how that's how they know you is the the chin the guy chin guy yeah <laughs> but it sounds like there was they were responding pretty positively like amongst the the professors no just that guy just that guy yeah i've got a i, I got a bunch of <laughs> okay like the professor that i sent it to she sent me an email she's like hey you know like you're getting 100 because you follow the rules but you're in college this is a professional class like you're taking, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, so I got a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, fix your yeah. rules. If you want me to change. Yeah. Um, if it was the right type of environment, I would have done it differently. Yeah. If you yeah. needed to be in a suit and tie, I'm sure you would have. Right. Absolutely. And that's, and I mean, that's kind of like, Hey, these are the rules you want me to follow. I'm following your rules. I'm playing your game. I'm just doing it better. So, um, yeah. and that's what I did with these papers too. So <laughs> man, uh, I cannot wait to, to hear them. Oh, I just sent it to you. Oh, I don't have signal in here. So you sent it to me on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas lot. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that guy. So it's still sending. So, all right. I'm, I got, I got the window pulled up. I'll share it with the world. The moment it, uh, all right. it shows up here. Um, it's still on limbo. I don't know if I can, um, get out and it still sends. Where, where do you have it posted? Papers. It Honestly, will. I don't have it posted. I just, um, you know, people have heard about it and they're like, Hey, send me the chin video. And then I send it to them. They're like, Oh my God. Is it on great. YouTube? Is it? Uh, no, it's just, I did it with my phone. Oh, you're sending it from your phone. Okay, yeah, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that might take Try a Try to sign on to Interwebs, and I think it'll. my All phone right. will just say okay. Because I'm not going to just say the password. It's wi- oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, interwebs, okay. See if my phone asks me if you, boom. Nick, you're still going hard over there, huh? Dude, how much? Where you're did you get all this food? I've lost control. Where cool. did you get all this food? I got it. I went to Smashburger, and then I went to Sprouts, and then DJ <laughs> gave me all the chocolate. Fuck yeah. Dude, Are you that, finish chocolate that chocolate is ungodly. No, it's only because I'm trapped in the same room as the chocolate. Yeah, like it's because it's here. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying that I want to switch, but if you need to stop yourself, we can switch back. So you got to talk more. No, I'll know that it's in the room, and I'll just walk over here and grab the chocolate. Fair enough. You gonna try and stop me? No, I'm gonna try to. <laughs> I'm gonna help you. I already sent Sam a text message about this chocolate. I said I have good news and I have bad news. They're both chocolate. Because <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do about all this. Like that one that, that you gave me that's in there. It's way too much. Man, all right, yeah. I'm on a diet right now. I sent I it. Shouldn't be eating this Sam, Sam so. will enjoy it. Uh, it's got a gray circle that's not filled in. Does that mean it's like pending or like pending sending? It hasn't shown up yet. All right. 
But I will gladly I interrupt anything else that's happening yeah, when this shows up. All right. I'll find those papers real quick. Uh, Man. Oh, that cho- i sorry. I still... I'm out of that chocolate. Summerbird Organics? Yeah, I had yep. to... Highly recommend. Long haul it. It is really Where did you ridiculous. put this to keep yourself from eating it? Uh, they're in here in the office somewhere. Hmm. Dude, I've had... I have too much of it. I just finished my Christmas chocolates in the last, like, two days. Because there's so much of it, you just it, you just keep eating it, or you eat it all in one day and feel like a complete shit fuck. It's okay. It. Here we go. Hang on. <laughs> Let's see what we've got. <laughs> I can see the okay, reflection. Hang on. I gotta get some. <laughs> oh my god. Let's see what we got. This might be offensively loud. Preemptive apology. Good afternoon, fellow students. <laughs> <laughs> I currently reside oh, shit. I don't in the United it. States of America. One of my favorite hobbies <laughs> includes being a test subject for razor companies <laughs> and writing reviews for their products. Another thing I enjoy Jesus. doing is eating and working out. My favorite foods are French fries, <laughs> French toast, <laughs> and French bread. And my favorite workout exercises. Chin ups. <laughs> I enjoy traveling as well. I usually stay at the Holiday Chin when visiting Cincinnati, Ohio. I am currently pursuing a degree in aviation science. I also work as a firefighter for a big city fire department. My plan for after this course is to continue to take the required courses to finish my degree. I would like to learn how to fly safely and confidently solely on the included instruments in the aircraft. I thank you and goodbye. <laughs> good afternoon, fellow students. <laughs> I could feel good I about watching it again. <laughs> yeah, that was the chin a, joke. I can see how that would stir the pot. Dude, I would love to see a mashup of like all of these other students who are like kind of taking it seriously <laughs> and like really putting their best foot forward or whatever. And then it's just that. Right oh, in the yeah. Middle if of I'm your professor and you submit that to me for your intro, you're getting bonus points. Yeah, yeah dude, you win. <laughs> you creativity. You made me <laughs> laugh. Well, you have to think this is a Christian college. They're all stuck up, you know, like. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So like I told you I went to a Christian college and got kicked yeah, yeah. out. So, yeah. <laughs> so then you'll understand this is the same college I wrote this rim job paper for. So <laughs> I'll read. I'll read the paper. Um. So there's a there's obviously like I'm shooting. I shoot for a hundred. I mean that's because I'm you know no less right. I just want excellence. So there's there's few things in here that unfortunately you have to like relate every single thing you do back to the Bible somehow. So I just have to like quote a fucking, you know, whatever. Anyway, <clears throat> so here it is. It's, uh, I, had, I wrote about the runway renovations program. Runway incursions are, unfortunately, a part of aviation. Regardless as to why they happen, runway incursions pose a safety hazard to both the aircraft or the vehicle that is in violation on the ground or the aircraft that is inbound for a landing. A few reasons runway incursions happen are a distracted pilot, difficult airport, and taxiway design, airport unfamiliarity, and corrected, copied, or given taxi instructions, etc. I quoted that from the book. The Federal Aviation Administration recognizes the importance of mitigating these incursions, and they developed a program to not only understand and learn why runway incursions keep happening, but also what they can do as a federally funded administration to lessen the occurrence or prevent incursions from happening altogether. 
The Runway Incursion Mitigation Program, <laughs> RIM, was created by the FAA in response. After research and data analysis, the RIM began many jobs at different <laughs> locations. The way the program chose which jobs to begin and what airports to begin them at was decided upon which airport locations had three or more runway incursions per year or the average of one incursion per year over the lifetime of the study. Another quote. Since all airports are designed differently, not all rim jobs were the same <laughs> and took some creative thinking to design to hopefully eliminate the continued incursions. At some airports, the rim jobs were as simple as installing lighting in the ground for hold short operations or adding better runway markings and signage. Other rim jobs were more complex and completely redesigned the airport layout and taxiway design. However, after completion of the rim jobs at the chosen locations, the FAA reported no runway incursion since rim intervention. And this is my opinion on the matter. This is the, the paragraph of my opinion. I personally do not know any technology that could be implemented to help with runway incursions, but I do think that pilots' continuing education, self-discipline, and complete attention while in the cockpit can directly affect the outcome of safety, while uh, outcome of safety whilst taxiing around. I think eliminating the negative stigma associated with asking for progressive taxi instructions, as well as reducing the tone of annoyance from ground controllers when asked, would promote more pilots to ask for instructions, thus contributing to a safety report. And then you know I give a, a Bible verse. Um, and then here we go with the rim program in its infancy. There is no denying the success of the FAA's involvement with complete safety aviation being the infinite dream. The rim helps get an, another step closer to the seemingly unattainable after research. I now understand why there is always so much construction going on at the airports. I frequently fly. I will now have more patience for delays because of the runway or taxiway closures. I know it is the FAA just conducting one of their rim jobs to help make my airport safer. <laughs> so I got a hundred on that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the teacher put together the professor. Yeah, do you job think? Comment. So the best part about that one is that was to a discussion board where other students had to read it and <laughs> you, you had to comment on it. <laughs> so only one guy and he was an air, uh, uh, an army helicopter pilot picked up on it. And he's like, oh, yeah, dude, the FAA and their fucking rim. Oh, and he's like, yeah, the FAA and their rim jobs and rim jobs, this rim jobs. I'm like, oh, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> this guy <laughs> <Yeah>. gets it. <laughs> and everybody else, you know, they might have gotten it. But I like doing things to where it's like so obvious. But you also have to think, oh, man, maybe this guy doesn't know he's saying rim jobs <laughs> and what it means. You know, like yeah. there's a doubt of uncertainty. Yeah, you, you struck the balance really well between like yeah. still using like official yeah. sounding terminology and it's very oh, yeah. articulate. Yeah, but yeah. you're also just throwing rim jobs into yeah. the into the mix of that. Man, yeah. that was perfect. Yeah, it's walking a a, a type wire. <laughs> a fine sure. line. Yeah, respect. <laughs> yeah. Man, the whole time you were reading it, I was imagining some like, you know, super Christian professor sitting at his <laughs> desk at home, just like yeah. sweating bullets because he has to get through this fucking paper. <laughs> oh, and it keeps man. saying rim job over and over <laughs> again and he just gets more and more angry. He's like, God <laughs> man. I'm like, yeah, I should have went to Catholic school. <laughs> 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 All right, so the poop paper. This is what everyone wants right here. This is my bread and butter. Um, I have to give a little context on this. I was taking an English class for college, and um, I was getting I, I really upset with the college edu uh, like the education system in America where you know you go to college you basically pay for your degree you go to this college you this university you take home the book you read the book you go to class you watch a PowerPoint that was on the book 
and it's taught by a tuition, uh, you know, assistant or a, a, a what is it called? A teacher's assistant. Yeah, teacher's assistant, and not by the professor himself because they get paid for research. And then you take these tests, and then you get your degree, right? I mean, that's essentially like what going to a university is, uh, you know. Except when you get to your upper level classes, then you have like some interaction and stuff. But it's kind of frustrating. So. I'm like you can essentially it's just a financial go, scam. It is. It is. You can go buy the book and teach yourself the same stuff that you're learning in a college and not get a degree for it. And but you have to play the game. So I was going to this college. I was writing these papers, and I would just get like 95s, 100s, 90s, right? Like because I had a couple of like grammatical errors, which is fine. Like I'm not uh, like a grant. I'm not a, going to be an editor. I don't want to be like the most grammar proficient person ever. But what you can, you know, kind of instruct me on is how to be a better writer. Like, what can I have done better? Like, you're there, you're getting paid to teach. And I understand, like, teachers' hands are sometimes tied because the amount of students that they have to go through and, and like, go, and, you know, they're trying to help the people that need the help versus someone who doesn't need the help. But, I mean, I'm still paying you to teach me, and I want you to teach me. And I'll take the advice quicker because I'm smart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I could probably even teach you a few things, you know. But, anyway. How to drag so, yeah, What is it? How drag, to drag toes yeah, and slay hose. Hose. Yeah, or dragging dirt makes them squirt, you know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I squirted just hearing that. <laughs> nice, yeah. So um, it was my final. I had an A in the class, and I did the math, and I was like, even if they gave me a zero, I was still making an A. And I hate writing papers, contrary to what you may think. It stresses me out, and I usually wait to like the night before it's due to write it. And this one, you know, was just the same thing. I had to write this paper and um, I had an hour to get it in. So I sat down and Claire sat there at the table because she was doing work. She sat there and watched me write this this thing in an hour and it's pure beauty and I, I kind of want to add on to it but it, I submitted this paper. This is a real college paper and I did get a degree from it. And my intent in writing this paper was to write something that a professor would say something about. I was wanting a reaction, whether it was negative or positive. I wanted a reaction. I wanted them to do their fucking job. So here's the, the premise. Describe a problem you've solved or a problem you'd like to solve. It can be an intellectual challenge, a research query, an ethical dilemma, anything that is of personal importance, no matter the scale. Mm. Explain its significance to you and what steps you took or could be taken to identify a solution. <coughs> All right, here it is. There it is again, that light brown streak of disappointment, <laughs> that stain of shame and failure that continually claims its territory on my boxers, <laughs> that tinge of imperfection that reminds me how a simple task of wiping my asshole transforms into a chess match between my dominant hand and my fart box. <laughs> I'd like to thank skin <laughs> I'd like to thank skin marks plague everyone from time to time, but my problem is more frequent than not. After 28 years of defecating and leaving some partial pieces of my last meal hanging around the emergency exit it just escaped from, I thought it was important that I get a handle on cleaning myself properly. Front to back, back to front, side to side, saw motion, clockwise, counterclockwise, dab it. <laughs> when it comes to wiping techniques, there are so many options. <laughs> Firstly, I need to figure out exactly what I did when I finished taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Historically, I had been a back to front wiper, as I did not see any other reasonable motion. <laughs> Also, I'm a folder. Scrunching up toilet paper has never sounded like a viable option to me because it leaves open the possibility of a finger slipping through and giving me a surprise prostate exam much sooner in life than I desired. Plus, with the fold technique, 
I was able to get more use out of the toilet paper because I could wipe, then fold it in half and try again. <laughs> I could get three half folds to be exact before I needed to dispose of my current failures and prepare for the other nine attempts I had left <laughs> before getting up and walking away with a very raw and still very dirty brown eye. After becoming habitually aware of the failing technique I was using, I sought help from my problem from the same place everyone goes for discreet help, the internet. Surprisingly, a Google search for how to wipe a butthole properly produced more results than I originally thought. At last, I was no longer alone. I belonged to a community of people struggling with a problematic pooper <laughs> that I too suffered from. I immediately dove into reading article after article, watching video after video from those who prevailed when faced with a Bobby Fisher butthole. <laughs> Baby wipes. The solution was a simple one. I'm not sure how I'd overlooked it for so many years. But those two simple words had my opponent quivering in fear. <laughs> up, up, down, down, left, right, L1, L2, square, circle, square, triangle. I could use any code or any motion I wanted because procedure no longer mattered. I had the ultimate cheat code. <laughs> that unscented, frigid, damp cloth decimated everything in its path. With, my, with any method I decided to taunt my no longer formidable opponent with. I would even now mock the now fearless task by using my inaccurate left hand at times. <laughs> Baby wipes turned my brown star into a Patrick star that would go unnoticed next to his pal SpongeBob. <laughs> Tackling this simple daily task was a significant triumph of my life. I can now throw my boxers anywhere unabashed because there's no longer the treacherous trail that was once there. I now take them off with a visible proof of success. My washing machine is no longer doubling as a toilet bowl, and I no longer carry booty hole berries around with me. My anus is in no longer in a perpetual state of exfoliation since the wipes get the job done 11 wipes less than the toilet paper failures. I feel an enormous sense of pride in knowing that I can now wear my underwear longer than the two or three days I was once subjected to. <laughs> With the use of baby wipes, I can extend my same pair of boxers up to five days. Oh my God. I got 100. I'm going to fucking throw up. You got 100? <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's, that's amazing, well written. They what did not it? say anything. They really? They, they moved a few commas and i was like are you fist fucking me dude like <laughs> seriously bro i give you this and you don't say anything like yeah. come on yeah, yeah man i feel like that certainly warrants a response yeah you know that i'm upset i'm upset that they didn't yeah, give man. you any kind of a response on that yeah but do you then, think do you think they knew that they would be playing into into your game like uh, oh he wants a response from I us i don't know man yeah i don't know i mean oh man <laughs> I'm still upset about it, man. <laughs> and then somehow, I think, I don't know, I think I might have mentioned it in passing because I was pretty upset about it. And then it just like made its rounds around the drop zone. And like now it's yep. like I've sent it to 40 different people. And I'm, I was like, man. Well, and I'm going to pull this clip and just <laughs> throw it on YouTube. Was the professor oh, who sure. graded it a man or a woman? That should be on YouTube. Uh, I think it was a woman. Okay. Yeah. Did, wait, so did you already have the reputation as chin guy? No. Okay. No, this was like in its infancy. Okay, because I could see like if you had that reputation and like your name shows up on a paper, yeah, yeah, they're like, yeah. oh, it's fucking chin guy. Yeah. That's that. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> He's yeah, a real yeah. turd. <laughs> <laughs> real that's shithead. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's good. That guy's a real ass wipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, but that's it. Yeah. That was Do you it. still stand behind folding even with... Um, you know, I don't even know. Yeah, I think I fold. I mean, do you still go back to front? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who goes back <laughs> to front? No, I love how long. Oh you my had god! To, I love how long you had yeah. to think about that. That was a solid couple of seconds. I am surprised you, like, you didn't start dirt really diving right well, there. Well, <laughs> all right, hold on a second. So yep. here's the thing: I, is that dirt whole, diving or mud diving? Mud diving, <laughs> I think. My whole life. I only shit after every like four or five days, so I don't shit. Do I shit daily? I had dude. Set You're supposed the to fucking clock by it. Yeah. Man, so 
when did I, I have a time and a reason why I went to folding from scrunches of the toilet yeah. paper and there's a really good reason. Have you always been a folder? I think I've always been a folder. I just <laughs> never made any sense to have this like, you know, all these different like scoops and stuff that you can like get stuff yeah. off. I'm like, man, you have to like do this weird thing. And mm-hmm. my freshman year of college, our dorm room, I got in a senior dorm room, which you had your own bathrooms and our toilet could not take more than like three squares of toilet paper. So you had to learn how to be very economic with your toilet mm. paper. So like two squares of toilet paper isn't enough to wipe your ass, but you fold two squares over twice. Now yeah. you have one square and a half, and yeah, you yeah. can fold that three times. Yeah. I'm 100% on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your butthole's only this big. You yeah. don't need something this large. Well, I mean, your butthole might be like yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, it's super loose <laughs> no, at this point. I, I'm nice. pretty sure that Alex <laughs> has like proportionally the, the anus size that Kimball has the ball size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gi- giant scrotum, giant butthole. Nice. You guys, you're a team. Yeah, yeah. we could probably sit fit, on that fit, stool. You just slip right on down. Yeah, we probably <laughs> yeah. fit one inside the other. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. We should try. Oh, <laughs> my God. I can't believe that people listen to this. <laughs> I mean, it feels so bad for the world. <laughs> I come here for this. So, yeah. I mean, well, I show up well. Those I pants get an extra tight yeah, in the crotch area over there, DJ. Say what? Yeah, pass them the pillow. <laughs> they yeah. don't get yeah, tight at all. <laughs> But it is hard. <laughs> yeah, you so. invited this party to your house. Uh, that's right, baby. You're the that's craziest right. one. It's so crazy as I sit here and I, I think about, because during the show, in my brain at some point, I thought about in a few weeks from now, we have a guest from USPA, the executive director, and how formal. That's probably and ex- a different <laughs> yeah. time, time, time. Much <laughs> different, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Much love, Albert. Good to see you, man. Man, what, what if Albert comes in and is like, yeah, I really wanted to talk about these, uh, these new rules, but my nutsack is big and you guys need to know about it. <laughs> and you, son, you look like you got a stretchy butthole. What's that? <laughs> I don't even know Albert. I'm sure he's a cool guy. Uh, dude, he's a he's a great dude. He's man. an adult. He's not like yeah. he's not like us. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe we're all, all skydivers, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Ultimately, I think uh, he's a very quiet, reserved. Uh, guy kind of keeps himself. He, him and Valerie to me are very similar. Where they're that introvert, but once you get them to get to know him and you get them alone, they're very open and, and have a lot of conversation. And and you know Val well enough to know she has probably one of the perviest, dirty minds when it comes to jokes. You've seen her laugh at my humor. Yeah, um, I don't know Albert's that way, but at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked. The quiet ones are the ones you got to be careful of. Like uh, they're they're the they're the weird ones. So. Man, I I have made you hold that paper for like what two week two months now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you, you said I heard you had the paper. I was like, yeah. I mean, I'll read it. To you. You're like, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I, like, I want okay. it. Yeah. It was a really common <laughs> yeah. conversation on the show, and, and I I think I was chuckling that it had been probably about two years since we had had this conversation. Of uh, you remember Braden Smith? Oh man, do I ever do? Braden was on the show, Legend. and he he tell he would tell this story that I think he was kind of working into a comedy bit at the, at the same time and it was about being in boarding school as a kid yeah. and about he didn't know that he was wiping his ass wrong until someone looked over the stall and was like yo what are you doing wiping shit all over the back of your balls yeah or no maybe maybe he even started the other I'm not sure which part was first but he ended up with shit streaks up his back also yeah so he wasn't good at it he needs your baby wipes but that uh <laughs> That conversation, or that he told that story on the podcast, and then maybe a week later he came to me and he's like, uh, DJ had said something about wiping from uh, back to front. Yeah. Oh, even and on the show, you, somewhere he goes, are we just going to leave that alone? Yeah. Was it on the show <laughs> yeah. that he said that? Because, I, I, man, I had the, the, in my head he said to me, 
later like, yo, how did we just skip over DJ? No, that was say, on the show. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. great. Even better. But um, I'm pretty sure because I was there. Why? Yeah. I don't know. But we've talked about it a lot on the show since then of, hey, what's what's the proper wiping technique? Yeah, I didn't know I wiped my asshole wrong so, until... Yeah, I think we had this show, this conversation on the show. No shit, no pun intended. Twenty plus times easily before I realized the difference isn't front to back or back to front. It's side or in between access is what we've come to find out. So most everybody who answered, they wipe back (laughs) front to back, hike a leg up and wipe sideways, and most back to fronters pick up their junk and just. Oh Scoot, no! Yeah. I do this weird thing. Like <laughs> I stand up. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you. Like because people are like you do that. I'm like, yeah. What do you think? I'm a fucking savage. <laughs> so I'll be, I'll be, you know, I'm, I'm finishing my stuff, and then I'll just, I'll do this, pull one sheet down, and, and then do this, and then like pull, pull it up. What? <laughs> anyone that's just Dude. listening, he's he's standing, but uh, kind of in a squat, bent all the way over, super head low, like wait on the like the very front of your toes. Dude, yeah. one of these days you're gonna get old and lose your balance, and you're just gonna. Yeah. Take a fucking nosedive in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and no. some firefighter's going to show up with old half-naked Payback. man. Payback. Fucking balls sitting around his ankle because of the <laughs> And baby wiping one hand. Well, Bill, it looks like he tripped on his own scrotum here. That's how this accident happened. We can't find the other ball yet. It's probably in the other room. This yeah. thing goes on forever. Go check Alex's ass. Do you still use baby wipes? <laughs> yeah, solid. Uh, no, because they clog up the toilet. We got a high okay. five about that. The next question was, can you flush? Uh, yeah. Yeah, just just because it says flushable wipes on the box, I don't yeah. think that that's, that's a, a, good idea. a guarantee of yeah. any sort. You can flush anything; it's just yeah. a matter if it comes back out. Is yeah, quality toilet paper important to your? Bubble? Oh, dude, for sure. And you know, like I always hear, like people ask, like, "What's the one thing you like about Spaceland?" Like the toilet paper, dude. Like, dude it is good. <laughs> We've had that really conversation. Yeah, yeah. That's no time. joke. Yeah. Like my favorite thing about <laughs> Spaceland. It's like, man, guys, dude, seriously, y'all, are co- you know, going up on jump tickets, but. We got this fucking toilet Dude, paper I, here. I want you to know how I shop for that toilet paper every week. Yeah. And, man, it is getting, you know, you know the whole shortage of toilet paper yeah. and COVID freakout. Man, it's I've had to make multiple trips in a single day just to get enough toilet paper to, to yeah. get us through the week. And there was a time where we couldn't get any. Yeah. And uh, Steven got online and ordered some uh, some stuff that's not up to par. <laughs> so that's, that's uh, staying in, in hangar two. Yeah, as a for a pandemic. Yeah, 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 we totally run out of toilet <laughs> yeah. paper. For sure. Back Wait, up. so do you like save up poops? Because you said you don't poop that often. Well, it's so not like, like I save them up. Yeah. Well, if you know you're coming to the drop zone, though, do you like try to plan out your poops? Nah, you do it, on man. The it just when happens. I, yeah, I just, just like I, sometimes I, if I'm driving, I have to pull over and just, I have baby wipes <laughs> in the glove box. <laughs> I just shit because it just, it just happens. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good plan. Baby wipes in the like glove box for when you... Ha- I do yeah. have uh, handy wipes in my glove yeah. box, but yeah. I also have a bunch of weird shit in my car. I mean, are you trying to make it to a gas station or just like, hey, it's happening on the side of the I road I mean, right I think here. you know your body and you're like, no, this is it. This is... <laughs> I got to pull over. It's happening. Yeah. I did, and I do. I pull over and, you know, it's like officer's like, hey, you okay? Yeah, just taking a shit here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a nice, the nice thing about being a regular car. shitter. He's like, yeah, I didn't pull you over for that. You're just wiping in a really <laughs> fucked up manner. <laughs> hey, like, you got I, baby wipes. <laughs> Wait, are you a folder, though? <laughs> oh, hey, hey, Steve, arrest this guy. He's a scruncher. Yeah, we got him. Yeah. yeah. Take this scruncher here. Back to front. You're at least getting a ticket. Man. <laughs> you know, and like uh, my wife told me like that was wrong. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, oh, yeah. what do you mean? I'm wiping my asshole, babe. <laughs> She's like, wait, let me show you how to do it. And she got in there and like, no, I'm, I'm kidding. And she's like, you wipe, but she's like, she's like, like I was an idiot. Like you wipe back to front. Like, uh, how are they, 
What way would you suggest I wipe? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm not a woman. It doesn't yeah. medically matter to me. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, as short as my dick is, it matters. But, but I mean, I, I get it. There's like a per, your per, perineum. It's got that skin that's a little scoop. You know, poop Dude, scoop. yes. Yeah. The, the, the poop bump. Yeah, perineum. Yeah, yeah. The, the poop bump. Yeah, yeah, that one too. Yeah, yeah. The poop scoop. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. It's the perfect stop. Yeah. It's there for a reason. Well, Use it. no, it just collects. It's just, uh, it's just a collector. I feel yeah. like we've even had healthcare professionals chime in on this conversation, haven't we? Who, who who would you consider the utmost authority? Brian Menard, That's who won't be on the too. show, agrees with me, but he won't be on the show. But he's not a proctologist. Oh, no, yeah, but he's he an asshole in the, medi- in, a, in, in the medical profession, so I mean... And, <laughs> all right. But if you don't know Brian, guys, he is about the sweetest motherfucker a, in the world. Yeah, awesome. Love him to death, man. So... Um, oh my God, Claire Hubbard! Hi, you should see him wipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you missed it, babe. I actually demonstrated. <laughs> well, man, I uh, I hate to turn this. Uh, actually, I can't. I don't hate. I think this is the perfect time for the end of a shitty show. We got to wrap it up. <laughs> or fold it, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Well, well, is folding frowned upon? This is news to me. No, folding is not cool. frowned yeah, upon. Got, I think scrunching is frowned yeah, upon. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. into the. Are you so a folder or a scrunch? Totally a folder. I did not know that. I don't know I if we have been there. Yeah. Folder or scruncher? Folder now for a long time. A, as of five minutes yeah, ago. Yeah. No, no, but as for, for not to get too with into a bunch it, of folders for, in the room. <laughs> yeah, folder. <laughs> totally a folder. <laughs> no, but for a while I would just like wipe it once and be done with it. Like super inefficient, no folding, nothing. Yeah. I just didn't want to think about it. And I was wiping like forty fucking times. Yeah. And I was clogging toilets all the time as a kid. So my mom was like Whatever you're doing, you got to fucking stop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're going through a lot of toilet paper, and I don't know how you clog it three times a day, but you do. Yeah, and it was a fear of mine as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she's like, she had, she literally had to sit me down, like, in a chair, face to face, like, look, you take a piece of toilet paper, you wipe, you fold it, look, no poop on both sides. You now use that, and yeah. then you keep doing that until it's too small, and you put it in the What's thing. your mother's name? Is it Patty. Alex? Patty. Patty, okay. Yeah, Patricia. Yeah. She's never told me that story. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. I'll have her call you. I'm sure you have her number right now, right? She's texting me right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she texted you? She stopped texting yeah. me a while ago. Well, I mean, you know why. Yeah. I don't blame her. Yeah, yeah. Man, and uh, I've explained it on the show, but I my logic for wiping my asshole the way I do is I had two broken leg, full leg casts, and that was the option I had. Oh, yeah. And I've stuck with Fuck it man, since. That's rough. Yeah. yeah. No, it's... Uh, I, we've shared the picture at some point. But uh, yeah, as we get going, as we get wrapping up, Mr. Kimball, uh, I do want to, before we wrap it up, mention you have been busy. Your weekdays are a little bit more open than your weekends. Yes. Yeah. So if anybody's interested in wingsuit coaching, they can get a hold of you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They can just, um, an awesome, like I do a lot of free coaching. If you have video, you can just send it to me and I can, you know, debrief it. Or if you just want to call me and say, hey, this is what's happening. Nine times out of ten, I know what the problem is, and I can tell you, yeah, you're probably doing this, and then be like, oh yeah, actually, I'm doing that. Like, no shit, that's why I'm awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. And he's not kidding, and I, I don't say that uh, because he is awesome. I'm kidding. He is kidding about that. But really, there's typically oh, a couple causes of most things that yeah. happen in the sport, and most of us make the same mistakes. Yeah. How do they get a hold of you if they want this coaching? Yeah, just shoot me a Facebook message, and um, I usually have my phone on me because you know I'm a family man, so my, my daughter's in daycare, or, you know, my wife's home, or something. They need me, so I I just have my phone on me. And he I has can... his phone on him so he can read you the papers, <laughs> yeah. the chronolo- the the, the, the yeah, chron- yeah. chronicles of his life. Yeah. Um, 
right now you are working on uh, putting together a wingsuit organizer uh, seminar. Yep. And this is designed for, uh, specifically it was designed to help guide wingsuit organizers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in general, we've worked together on this and, and basically I see a really awesome program and I just want to ride your coattails um, and I want to help promote that. So uh, soon we'll be presenting and, and offering leadership, wingsuit leadership and organizing. Yeah. So if you want to learn to lead wingsuit jumps, whether you just want to do it within your community, whether you want to do it as an organizer, no matter what it is, if you want good information, good structure and know how to be a better leader in the wingsuit community, uh, Kimball's got it for you, man. He's put together a really good plan. Hit us up. Let me know. Uh, coaching at gravitylabproject.com. You'll learn more about that email address as time goes along. But uh, hit up coaching at gravitylabproject.com and we can set up a wingsuit leadership thing for you. Uh, you'll see it at Spaceland very soon. So yeah. it, it's been yeah, a really yeah. exciting road. Um, didn't share as much about it tonight. It is is uh, I wanted to, but the butthole stories are way better. <laughs> Always are. Kimball, anything else you <laughs> want to share with everybody? Uh, yeah, I told Sean Nolan that I'd, I'd let everyone know Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. So, <laughs> <laughs> But you know who should? <laughs> Sean <laughs> Nolan. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> He's going to eat him still. <laughs> <Xavier. Come No>. on. <laughs> I don't oh know man! <laughs> if you guys don't know Sean Nolan, he's not a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Sean. You're lucky if you don't know. Him, <laughs> good for you. Man. He's over here texting me. Hey man, if you got to fucking say it, say it. Where say is it. he? Where's uh, he been? I haven't seen him in a while. Oh, he's been in jail, man. No, I'm kidding. He's up there. He's up north. He's like, just, he's just working. I know it's a joke. I'm waiting for the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool, Mr. P. What you got? Uh, man, uh, I don't think I have anything. Happy New Year. Hey, happy birthday, by the way. I don't think it's a yeah, yeah, birthday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of fun. I uh, went to bed by 10 o'clock. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah, it was it was a good birthday. 64? Chilled with the wife. Uh, 48. Nice. Yeah, 48. Dude, it's so hard. You got to think about it now, man. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we should be back. We have some guests lined up. We don't know who can and can't make it. Uh, very shortly after that, we do have the executive director of USPA, Albert Berktold, will be on the show. It'll be the day at the ending of a board meeting. So it'll be really interesting to get that insight, that sharing that information from USPA. If you have questions about what USPA does for you and what's going on with USPA, there's no better chance to hear about it than um, Ed Scott, previous ED executive director, did a good job. But Albert Berktold is a current competitor. He still competes in skydiving. He's a very active skydiver. Um he is fresh. He's not young because he's like close to my age, but he, he's a fresh voice in his spot. Ed did a great job, uh, but being a fresh, fresh spo- a voice in that spot, it, it's great to hear. So tune into that show. It is one that I really would love everybody to, to, to hear and see live. So tell your friends about it. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. I'll to be here. White boy, you know what to do. I'm on it. You're on it, man. I thought NWA. What? Did you play it from a player? <laughs> Yeah, is that not allowed? No, you're allowed to. Did I, I you forgot know? that the button was there until I already had it queued up. Do you think NWA is going to play next? I don't know, dude, but uh, we don't need to find out. I don't need to get sued by Easy e Yo, Easy, why do you wear your pants like that? Easy access, baby. Does he say that? Yeah, it's an old line from one or of is the that rap- just that He was, yeah, it was from one of his old songs, and it was showing the music video of him rapping at a concert with his fly down. Easy access, baby. Good for him. I'm old. I bet he got blown a lot more than I do. Yeah, he's dead now, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He got blown away. Uh, uh, yeah. Wait, no, Easy E didn't even have AIDS. Yeah, he yeah. died of AIDS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm yeah, sure. From getting blown. <laughs> yeah, he he should have zipped his fucking pants up. <laughs> Wouldn't have got it. God, it's how you wipe. All right, well, the song's almost over, so we should stop. Bye, Hold, Brian. Hold uh, it up. Okay, bye. Good night. Good night.